will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. We're coming for you, banks. It's an exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin Cash at the moment. During that whole war of writing versus big blocks, like, were we the bad guys? Were we the ones that weren't listening? Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency, and tokenization. Come on, you gotta come stronger than that, you know, like... Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 71, BTC Ordinals and Social Schism featuring... Schism? Schism? Oh, schism, yeah. Featuring Emergent Reasons, Dynaporns, Imaginary username. Today is Saturday, the 11th of February, 2023. I'm your host, Jeremy Jett, is doing the producing. I know I promised that um, MP Bryson would be on the show, but he told me he was busy with legislation or something this week. So we'll see about <laughs> in a future episode, uh, getting him on to talk about what's been going on in St. Martin's. But anyway, instead, we've got the whole group uh, together to chat about... BDC ordinals, which is probably the biggest thing going on in crypto at the moment and has a lot of uh, different aspects, both for them and also separately for BCH. So we will touch on that uh, at the end of, of our discussion as well, too. So, yeah, we've got to introduce all our guests, though. Um, Emergent Reasons, the general, uh, back on the back on the show. You've been on a couple of times. Give the viewers a quick uh, rundown of who you are and what you do in the BCH ecosystem. Yeah, my name is John, also Emergent Reasons. I run the company General Protocols, and we're just doing everything we can to make Bitcoin Cash and permissionless money available to the whole world through applications, protocols, infrastructure, whatever it is we need to build. We're trying to to kickstart a whole economy. Imaginary username, you're next up. This is also your. I think this is your second or third time on the show. Uh, maybe, I but... think I I got on your show like really early, but uh, yeah, it's been a while. Welcome um, back. Introduce but, yourself. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is imaginary username. I am username, uh, and uh, I. Keep I keep uh, a bunch of things running at Bitcoin Cash Node and also uh, do maths for general protocols for a living. So, yeah. All right. I guess uh, that's a pretty you know short and to the point. I do maths. You know that could that could encompass a lot of things. That's like some uh, intentionally vague you know spy lingo type the, of talk. The math the, 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 the math is pretty terrible in a number of ways but uh yeah uh, yeah yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> if you're getting paid for it can't be that bad and our last uh, guest is dinoporns this will be your first time on the show welcome welcome to the show and uh, yeah thanks for having me listeners. absolutely uh first time here at, like you said i'm dinoporns um i'm a nft enthusiast a crypto investor and a youtuber making some bch related content whenever i can and uh yeah that's that's me all right cool well we want to get on to the uh dis debate and discussion as quickly as possible but we've got to just blast through the first uh couple of slides as always so the bitcoin cash price today is 
$134 and, oh, no, I forgot to update this slide, $124 and 31 cents uh, Bitcoin Cash USD. One BTC is 175.2 BCH, so down just a little bit. And one Ethereum is 12.2 BCH, so BCH also slightly down on the ratio versus Ethereum. Does anybody want to give a quick hot take on the on the markets? Are we... Dynapon is the other biggest uh, trader of the three, I believe. What do you think? Are we on the up and up? Uh, are we at the the bottom of the cycle, or how how are we looking? Right. So, I mean, my, my opinion is simply that uh, this this is a year where we're going to start seeing a, a bullish trend, um, and this is just I'm just taking this information from from historical uh, past past trends in in the market. You know, leading up to the happening, we always see a little bit of an upturn. So I think this year we started off strong January. As soon as we hit January, the market started doing a little bit better. Right now we're in a little bit of a retracement, but I still think that the overall trend is going to start heading bullish. And, you know, throughout this year, we should start seeing it do look the price do better. And most likely, of course, you know, that no one here has a crystal ball, but that's just my opinion of what's going to happen. And then 2024, I think we should see an explosive year. Yeah, for sure. I was looking at the halving, the halving, halving is in, I think it's 430 something days uh, approximately. So it's not, not quite down to a year, but it's certainly, you know, rapidly ticking through that latter half of the the cycle and it's certainly you know the best part of the cycle that everybody enjoys the most is that huge euphoric rush <laughs> that we all get as it turns into the halving so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that we we haven't had uh, that on the you know the show started uh at the tail end of that period from the last cycle and mostly just with btc being a complete scam and laser eyes and all that so i'm looking forward to another Another round of this definitely. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be legendary. Okay, and the swagme.cash giveaway update. Nobody sent in a story, or at least it didn't even hit my spam folder. I did check it uh, carefully, so I guess nobody has any cool Bitcoin stories out of <laughs> people that only listen to a Bitcoin podcast. Uh, but two dick Pete has thus become the winner by commenting first in twitch chat this week uh and is a very loyal listener to the show so uh i have just granted them the uh swagme.cash t-shirt so congratulations to tudic pete for uh winning a t-shirt all right let's get into it the big revelation in the crypto markets the crypto scene it kind of started at the end of january but it's been trending into February is this thing called ordinals and inscriptions, which to summarize, although it's not quite accurate, is basically NFTs on Bitcoin BTC. So this guy, Casey Rodarmer, and I don't know, some other people that are working with him, I assume, discovered what I'm called here an exploit in quotation marks. It's not exactly right maybe imaginary username can actually maybe walk through the technical details uh hopefully but basically people can discover a way that using the segwit and taproot upgrades they could upload files generic files so audio images video up to four megabytes in size which is pretty non-trivial you can do quite a bit in four megabytes into the output of one single transaction 
on BTC using these certain kind of scripts. And furthermore, because of the way SegWit works, you even get a discount on the fee rate that you pay for that data that you've up uh, that you've sent up. So not only can you send it up in one output, which is very fee efficient, but you can also get a discount for all this data that you're uploading. So this then started essentially BTC NFTs, which are called ordinals, uh, because the idea is that they're counting Satoshis and then tagging them as, uh, you know, uh, NFTs and you can have all the classic uh, crypto punks. Somebody has made a Bitcoin punks version and you can have, uh, you know, monkey JPEGs and videos and somebody's even uploaded a working version of the game Doom <laughs> into the, the BTC blockchain. Now, this has created obviously a huge amount of uh, controversy because the Bitcoin BTC community are famously the ones who are very glad not to have NFTs. They thought, oh, we're above all that. We're hard sound money. We're not like these Ethereum Ponzi coiners uh, type of vibe, or at least some of them did. Uh, but the, this sudden turn of events has really shaken things up because it it was discovered on the live network. So it's not that this is a proposed change that somebody has to make a big effort to push through and get through the political process and convince everyone, no, it's already live and it's already happening. And so that has suddenly shifted the dynamics of the BDC chain significantly. So just from this starting point, I don't know, uh, Imaginary, do you know the technical details can you give a better technical summary or if not anyway what was your first impression of this sudden shift in dynamics for for btc so as so uh, so uh first of all as far as far as i can tell with my limited reading i didn't dig very deep into this they didn't actually use op return uh they actually use op return which is usually the preferred way to put things on the chain uh on any no it's in the script yeah, it's in it's in the script, which is hilarious. Which uh, yeah, which I which I I would say would which, which I would say probably excludes any possibility that this is intentional. Any any claims that this is intentional on the developers developers part is a cope. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, that's from that's from a technical side. So because it's on it's in the script, it will be pretty difficult to prune. Um, well, I mean, people so can... the, the 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 part of it that's most interesting is the uh, the hack aspect of it is that it, the stuff that they did is not special. It's just that yep. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but something about Taproot made it such that it bypassed the limit because there are limits on how big a transaction is allowed to be normally yes. but yes. somehow the taproot uh something about taproot allowed them to to bypass that i don't know what it is exactly but yeah that was the hack part that using taproot allowed them to put this huge amount of data into the script yeah i'm not, I, i'm not i'm not sure uh whether it was actually done or people or people just uh, demonstrated that it can be done but i think at some point mm -hmm. people crafted a transaction that has a an, an entire clone of doom onto it uh, yeah. in, the, in the btc transaction is pretty hilarious but that wasn't and, the and... biggest one right so they did they did there's there's kind of several yeah. aspects to it where where it gets very finicky and to be honest you know i'm sure i'm not even the world's best person to explain this but the idea is on bc there's still the one megabyte block size limit in terms of the actual amount of data that can go into it but then there's this sort of separate accounting trick of block weight 
which SegWit added, and you can have yes. 4 million weight units of that, which should be equivalent to, you know, one megabyte by this kind of <laughs> nonsensical accounting. That means that in effect, you can have essentially up to a four megabyte block on the BTC blockchain. And there's been a lot of back and forth about whether or not this was always possible or, or what. But the key point is that people haven't been using up all of that space because without the ability to throw in huge um, video files or JPEGs or whatever, they, then you, even if you did just do financial transactions in because of the one megabyte limit, you can still only squeeze out about, you know, whatever it was like 1.7 or maybe 2.1 or something in that you know it like would have roughly maybe doubled the capacity for financial transactions as a result of segwit but then now that this uh, exploit has been found suddenly people are uploading four megabyte um blocks or you know 3.5 or 3.2 or whatever so that has uh, significantly expanded the data uh what, what do you call it the storage requirements for the btc chain uh at the same time as not actually increasing the amount of financial throughput that is going through in terms of people transferring around bitcoins as money and that's that's created this whole array of like opinions and cope and stuff in various ways because a lot of people have started backtracking and saying no when we did the upgrade in 2017 uh, the upgrade in quotation marks to SegWit, everybody accepted that four megabyte blocks were going to be the norm and that was going to be fine. Of course, that's completely false. That was not uh, really agreed upon at that time. And it was, you know, it's a rewriting of, of the narrative. And this gets into all the, you know, deep detail, which we're going to go into on this show of the BDC and the BCH split and 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 all of that, because the, the changing opinions is sort of a cope in the face of, uh, an unexpected exploit basically yeah. uh, if this had never happened none of these narratives would have ever come up but now that they have they are dynapoints what was your initial thought on these btc nfts so i think the the situation is actually a little funny obviously because of this whole narrative in the in in the bitcoin space changing up um i, I think the, the the addition of ordinals makes bitcoin a little bit different makes it a little more interesting um as an nft enthusiast obviously um i think it's 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 cool to have ordinals on the in the bitcoin space it's just that um of course it's it's going to be causing all this this controversy because obviously you know we the the block size it wasn't meant to be filled up by a whole bunch of neon cats and jpegs and everything and uh this is obviously causing a little bit of havoc in in the Bitcoin discussions and such, but um, yeah, to me, it, I I think it it definitely it, it has a place. I don't know. It it really depends on what you believe Bitcoin is, right? Because it doesn't follow the white paper anymore. So if if you ask two different people, like should should these ordinals even be on the taking up space in 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 Bitcoin? Well, you have two different sides. If you think that this is a store of value, Bitcoin is simply meant to be a store of value then okay you know what why not just fill it up with jpegs you know at this point it's 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 do it's still doing its job you're still keeping your your value in bitcoin like i have if i have ten thousand dollars bitcoin it still has ten thousand dollars whatever you fill up the 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 space with a bunch of jpegs but if you believe in the white paper that was meant for bitcoin and that it is a transactional 
it, you know, it was meant to be peer-to-peer -peer cash. Well, now your your fees are going up because of all these uh these these ordinals that people are taking up space with, and so now you might have an actual problem here. Now you're thinking, okay, look, uh, maybe we should go back and somehow remove this, maybe censor this. I don't know, but for me, I think um, Bitcoin is is simply is a store of value nowadays. And you know what? If 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 people have figured out how to uh, you know put JPEGs onto and take up space in, in the Bitcoin um, ecosystem. Why not? You know, it's a, uh, it, it allows for more versatility in Bitcoin and it, new fun aspects of it for, for users and stuff. Yeah. So I think this, collect. yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's become this strange scenario, right? Where the Bitcoin BDC side, you know, as we've said before on this show, perhaps in the split, you know, a BTC got the brand name and BCH got the the idea, right? That's basically how it how it went down. So Bitcoin Cash has been peer-to-peer -peer cash, blah, blah, blah. Everyone always talks about the white paper, always go back to we're still doing the same the same the mission has not changed, right? But BTC, when they had the split, they got the brand name, but they changed all this digital gold store of value, like that whole narrative came in and then everything had to be rewritten around around that with kind of a side of well it's digital gold but you can maybe also use it for transactions because of lightning network and this that, and the other and now this sudden appearance of ordinals has meant that once again the narrative has to is now out the window and it has to be rewritten right either they have to say well no we need to get back to this store of value thing in which case we've got to do something about these ordinals or alternatively well now suddenly we're kind of a bit like a shitty ethereum or a shitty bitcoin sv ironically where we, people are uploading and storing data onto the onto the chain as a kind of decentralized like dropbox kind of thing and maybe people will pay more to store their you know troll uh picture maybe they're willing to pay five bucks one time to store a troll image on bdc forever and now all these bdc people who'd been running nodes and were so proud of the plebs need to run the nodes and it should be runnable on my home computer without storage costs increasing. That was the whole story of the block size war. Now suddenly they're in the position, oh, well, now I'm storing all these monkey JPEGs and even, you know, uh, illegal child porn and like other stuff, which has already been in the Bitcoin blockchain, right? It's not new that people were putting info into the blockchain, but what is new is that this is being done, uh, taking up space that otherwise could not have been used for financial transactions. And on top of that, it's being done more efficiently. So more people are flooding in to do it. And it's, yeah, going to potentially price out people who actually want to use it as, as cash. It's, it's even it's even worse than that because uh, for the ones who, who, because the fallback, right, has become, oh no, it's everything. It does everything, uh, including financial transactions and small things through lightning, right? And it's it's so much worse because the the people who who actually know how lightning works and know what's necessary for it to even pretend to work because it's just barely scraping by on pretending to work even for people who are running things non custodially. But you can't even pretend that it's going to work once the blocks fill up, right? Because you can't be sure that you're going to be able to publish your transaction and close a channel or open a channel in a timely way. Or, or, you know, punish somebody if, if somebody tries to steal your money in a channel and so forth. And yeah, so the ones who are aware 
roughly of how lightning works, they're starting to to raise the alarm and, and the, the yellow flags, right? Like, wait, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Lightning isn't going to work either once this starts to fill up, right? So yeah, the fallback even starts to, well, it never was a fallback in the first place, but but the, <laughs> the, so just, the narrative fallback isn't going to work anymore either. So I kind of so so I want to so I want to comment on the on one interesting dynamics I observed through all this uh, through all this fiasco, and that is about the uh, the value of block space. You know, uh, like uh, how how much how much does it cost to upload something and sort it practically forever on a on a blockchain, and how does it affect how the block space is used so it's kind of interesting like uh so putting jpegs on blockchain like it doesn't like whether you uh, it doesn't matter whether you like nfts or not i think most people can agree that uh putting entire freaking jpegs some of them really large some several megabytes of uh jpegs onto a blockchain is a pretty is a pretty inefficient use of that space compared to some other ways to do it you know like putting like putting a commitment on the space which still which makes your jpeg still immutable but uh storing the actual jpeg somewhere else so putting that on the blockchain is really inefficient but if your blockchain is literal and the thing is that uh while it is really inefficient, there is no real way anyone can stop such a thing on any blockchain as long as your blockchain has some sort of red, it has any possibility of storing random data on it. So then it comes down to basically first how easy it is to do it and second how much it costs to do it, right? So what I observe is that uh, there is something interesting going on here, which is that, okay, first of all, if you your blockchain is costs literally zero zero point zero zero to put anything on it or anything that's practically close to it then uh, then well it costs nothing and people will probably just write write bots as soon as your chain gets enough uh gets enough fame or notoriety or anything and then start putting all sorts of junk onto it and, and uh until the heat death of your chain just the just the chain not the universe um so there's that and then you know you when you're when the cost raised by a little bit uh presumably most of them would go away because it doesn't cost literally nothing anymore and uh you know there are more efficient ways to do it so people who still want to do it will probably try to find efficiency gains and that's where most of the chains are and then you got the other end of the spectrum which is btc where uh the cost gets uh you gets irrationally high by arbitrary restrictions and uh well or you know in in their mind totally totally rational restrictions and it got there and uh, to justify it you spread the gospel that oh my block space is really really valuable um it, it is duplicated across thousands upon thousands of nodes and uh, those nodes all do little uh, all actually do something uh, and that is why my block space is really valuable and hence we need to guard it like some really treasure thing well, if you spread that narrative, a very weird dynamic emerges where uh, suddenly using that for JPEGs 
which is NFT JPEG, which is itself a strange a uh, strange thing, doesn't seem such a, doesn't seem like such a bad idea anymore. Even if you charge like tens of tens or hundreds of dollars uh, for it a piece, and uh, it might even outcompete all your financial data. And the reason for that is that uh, this are NFTs are even more than your normal cryptocurrency transactions uh, a hyper speculative thing and uh it's one of those things i i don't remember like does anyone remember like there is uh, this uh, phenomenon where uh for some classes of assets the more the the more expensive it is uh, the more people pre- perceive it to be valuable and then the more expensive it gets like there's, there's like a- luxury handbags or whatever that kind of thing yeah, 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 exactly. It's 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 a it's a luxury good, and it benefits from it benefits from costing more. So and so you end up in this situation where, you know, oh no, uh, JPEGs are occupying BTC, and uh, people are panicking over it, and presumably they panic over it because the block space is valuable, and then the NFT actually benefits from this buzz that is generated from the controversy. Uh, wow, this guy's are panicking. It must it must mean that whatever we're doing is right, and let's put more JPEGs onto it. This can get a higher people will pay higher prices. Boy, holy shit! Yeah, this is uh, they're they're doing they're doing free advertisement. I, I just find this uh, dynamic really interesting, and uh, yeah, I find yeah, well. uh, the uh, Jimmy. You mind if I say something real quick? No, no, go on, go on, go on. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, just uh, I actually was was thinking before we started this, somebody should set like a uh, two clocks and be like, how long do we talk about BCH and how long do we talk about BCH? <laughs> but 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 to say something about BCH, like all of this, and and like uh, Dino Pons was saying exactly, is uh is why I always repeat that uh that old Latin phrase, the ex falso quote libet, right? From from falsehood explosion. Once you allow. Uh, like your name was saying, some kind of ridiculous, incorrect, false narrative into your head, you you end up at some very wrong conclusions or very strange conclusions or places where you can trick yourself. And that's where BTC is today. There, there's such a crisis because there, there's no real underlying philosophy or or unified vision to the whole thing anymore it just doesn't it didn't make any sense since 2017 and now when it actually reaches a crisis it's like everybody's got their own idea and it's like which one is right is it okay to have these jpegs and nfts and so forth on btc or is it not okay and the real answer is it doesn't matter it's just kind of funny but uh, because whatever you choose can be whatever BTC is because it doesn't have a kind of direction anymore. So, yeah. Um, but like you name said, like as, as long as you're going with kind of the BTC is the marketing chain, um, Dinopon said it in a very generous way as store of value. Um, I think I agree more with you name that it's more like the marketing chain. It doesn't actually have utility. It's just, it's known as the thing where you store value. Okay. So as long as it's that, probably the the NFT approach makes more sense with that, but that's not an acceptable public, uh, you know, position to have that. Oh well, this is just the Beanie Babies chain. It's just for collectibles and stuff. We don't actually doesn't do anything. Um, that's not really an acceptable public position. So yeah, they're really in a in a 
in a pickle. They're stuck on what to say because there's no really reasonable narrative. So uh, to talk the 5% about BCH, I think that's something to learn is always be very careful, right? Don't, uh, don't allow yourself to start believing bullshit or believe your own bullshit. Like always be skeptical and uh, analyze your own thoughts and uh, new ideas and check if they're actually, if they actually make sense, uh, not only today, but if you carry them into the future, when uh, Bitcoin Cash is, is you know, carrying uh, a large amount of commerce for the whole world. So yeah, let's uh, keep rational. Got important. Do you want to jump in there? Right. So I think uh, something we also maybe have to address here is that these ordinals on the Bitcoin chain, can they even be classified as NFTs? They, they really aren't, right? <clears throat> I think most people are referring to them as like, you know, digital artifacts, because um, first of all, to even attain one of these ordinals right now, it's it's incredibly difficult, right? And um, if if you're going to have NFTs on any blockchain, you need it to be uh, accessible to to people, right? Otherwise, you know, what are what are we really doing with these NFTs? Are they even NFTs? If if you if there's no marketplace for them, there's no. I think right now, if you wanted to get an ordinal, right, I think you'd have to go on this certain Discord chats. And you'd have to do peer-to-peer and, and trade with somebody who, who owns a node and he, who created an ordinal. And obviously, this is this goes against the whole Bitcoin. Everything we know about crypto is you, you don't do uh, these these scammy you know uh, these scammy trades where you're just giving away your your Bitcoin to someone and hoping they give you something back. That's uh, you don't do it that way. And so. And I think the second way of getting a Bitcoin ordinal is you go on Ethereum and you buy an NFT that promises that you will own an ordinal or something. So so right now you don't really have NFTs on Bitcoin. Really, they're just they're ways to imprint a message or a picture onto the Bitcoin chain and just take up space, maybe do some advertising. So calling them NFTs is also a little bit generous, I think. Um, these I, ordinals I, are something I different. Actually, I actually want to... I, I don't know if it's correct that because I don't know all the details of it, but I think there's really two issues there. One of them is tooling. And because <laughs> for all the things we've been, the reasons we've been talking about since uh, 2015, uh, BTC development has just stifled. It's just not gone anywhere for a very long time. And because of that, there's no tooling, there's no good wallets, there's no things that can handle smart contracts natively. Uh, you're all stuck with like old uh, generation, very basic stuff. And so they are, I think, my understanding, they are real NFTs. And I can try to explain the basics of it. Uh, I hope I'm right. But but the tooling makes it exactly like you said. You can't actually use them. They're not accessible. You, know, you aren't able to, to work with them because uh, the, there's no tooling, there's no wallets, there's no applications. Um, nothing's been built. Not yet, right. Years. But there could be. There could be, right? Yeah, there the could point. be. But, but the reason they are real NFTs is because the stats themselves are the NFTs. So you can identify according to the ordinal rules, like this particular stat, this particular Satoshi. Satoshi for people listening, anybody who doesn't know, Satoshi is the, the smallest division of a Bitcoin. Um, it's the actual, like, basic unit of bitcoin not not bitcoin satoshis are the, the the basic unit and you can you can uniquely identify one satoshi 
according to this thing that's like it was made in this block and this period and this epoch and whatever they have this whole like numerology set up or whatever but it but it's it's uh it's objective you can objectively confirm like yeah this satoshi is that one from that block and that period of time and so forth and so if you do that that sat itself becomes the nft and that's really what the ordinals are and then on top of that they've thrown in this hack where they're like oh and you can also throw a JPEG on it <laughs> if you want, or, or Doom, or whatever it is that you want on top of it. And I don't know if that data is considered to travel with it. I don't think it does. But the data is still there originally. But the ordinal itself is the is the sat. And as far as I understand, it is uh, an NFT if you consider it in the terms of this sat is a particular one out of all the other sats something like that i don't i don't know how much it actually goes into a a contract i think it's just the sat itself but then so the idea is then you can mint you can sort of mint in uh, quotes what they call inscribe you can inscribe the inscribe satoshi. yeah so you create it and then obviously in that same transaction you also put in the the wizard picture and then as you, obviously you can transfer around the Satoshi and you can track who has it at any one time. And then if right. they want to see what was the thing on that, then you have to sort of go back to the start of the chain and then look, okay, here, here's the wizard I so. picture. Yeah. I think, I think that's. And you can also it, easily destroy it by not destroy it, but like remix it back into the pool it. by screwing it up and make it not qualify as the first stat in the transaction kind of. Things, oh okay all right so you can sort of burn them or regenerate them somehow and of course that also comes yeah. down to tooling is people are gonna people are gonna lose lose in quotes these because their wallet like just mixes it up in another transaction that they yeah, sent off i don't to i don't know, yeah, exactly you know there's gonna be a works, whole yeah. thing around that obviously that's been a big thing with uh cash tokens for for bch has been that if you don't you know, if your wallet doesn't understand it, it's not going to screw up your tokens. And that was a problem that BCH had on SLP. So this is just another element to this entire arc where the BDC community are just learning the lessons that the BCH community has already learned, but several years late, because like you said, once you start with some uh, nonsense in there, well, then that adds signal to noise, you know, ratio decreases. And suddenly it takes longer to get to the same actual scientific uh endpoint right and so obviously on this episode we're going to talk a lot about uh bdc but i think yeah it's important to weave in the kind of uh bch elements to that and you know on this show we don't really usually do a lot of drama about what's going on in bdc certainly not recently but i thought this one was too perfect to to pass up and one element to it i really want to hit on as well is the fact that this is all essentially self-inflicted right uh so firstly the original like capping of the block size limit was self-inflicted and because you could just raise it which is what bch did and that that has then snowballed on to this scenario now where they can have problems with the fee market that they said they wanted but now they're starting to get it with these nfts and now they're realizing maybe they don't want it because it's going to screw up lightning and all that and then you have the element that the actual um problem in terms of the exploit with segwit and taproot that was their upgrade. They put that in. Their devs coded that up and it got put in and nobody found or discovered or reviewed this or whatever. And it got in and it sat in there for a little while until somebody tripped over it. So that's another element that 
for the entire rest of the crypto space, obviously BCH for historic reasons, but literally everybody else is like, you guys have just shot yourselves in the, you know, in the foot. So it's actually quite funny. And then there's a third element that's self-inflicted in terms of the culture, in terms of this whole, we're going to be toxic maximalists and we're the superior chain that has sound money and we don't go in for this NFT nonsense and yada, yada, yada. And now it's just uh, karma has come back to bite and it's flipped that around on them. And now suddenly all those people are in a mess because either they have to cope with the fact, oh, well, we said we weren't about NFTs and that's all stupid nonsense. Uh, you know, so we need to dig but it out of our chain. SV weather might be okay. <laughs> that's right. Or, or they either have to change their position to to justify, oh, well, suddenly now we can do it. So I'm going to rationalize that now it's okay. Or they have to they have to put their money where their mouth is and they have to push back on this stuff and find a way to dig it out or stop it or do which is just creating rifts in their in their own community. So I, I want to get everybody's take on whether or not you think obviously the Schadenfreude e echoing around the whole crypto scene as a result of this. Uh, obviously we can take a moment to enjoy it because the BDC community got their <laughs> laughs while we had the you know bsv split and the ecash split and coin click. you know some sometimes sometimes things come good in your favor so i want to get everybody's kind of uh take on that but also just the idea that does this exploit being um found does it also drive a wedge into the bdc idea that we have the best developers and we have the smartest developers which they've that's been something that they've said for a long time. That's not the reality, really, because the fact is a lot of good devs just ditched out of their, their scene as soon as they were unfriendly to that. But they believe that in their mind. But now they have a case of their own screw-up coming back to bite. Does that, does that put a dent in that, Jet? I just commented about this. In my mind, it's either they didn't foresee the potential for this to ever be an issue which means that they didn't do enough testing or they did enough testing saw the issue and just ignored it either way there's no way you can look at that and go these are great developers <laughs> right there's no uh not incompetent outcome of that questioning right yeah yeah i don't have much and then seeing them like all the core developers talk about it on twitter and be like this is a fucking problem we need to start censoring things like no you're the problem you screwed this up you made your bed lay in it well well there's also uh, like the, if you steal man the, the position right everybody fucks up at some point even if you have a lot of people looking at something you can still fuck something up especially if you've got a fucking monster like Segwit as a soft fork plus Taproot on top of it to deal with. Like it's complex and ugly and really easy to fuck up. But when you fuck up, you take the L, right? You take the fucking L. Those guys can't take the L. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you were saying in chat like about Luke Jr. Um, he 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 he's just like oh it's tricking the node it's like what the fuck are you talking about it's tricking the node you fucked up just own it right like and then move on that would be fine but i haven't seen that at all it, it looks more like trying to figure out the narrative like oh shit what should we say is <laughs> what it looks like is going on i don't know i'm not in those rooms so i don't know so uh, i'm just gonna jump in here so i think in this decentralized space i mean obviously this this is a fuck up on developers parts 
but it's just so hard for a an entire community to accept that something is a fuck up because especially <laughs> especially for this because they don't it's it's yeah we don't nobody can nobody can know for sure it's like is this something that we want in in bitcoin or something that we don't so obviously there is there's you know half the bitcoin community is in favor of this accident is, is what they're calling it. it's just like a happy accident right where it's like, okay, look, this is great. This is great for us guys. I don't, you guys are all seeing this wrong right now. This is, this is going to make Bitcoin more enjoyable. It's going to bring in new, like mass is going to start like a whole new bull run for us. This is something we should be accepting. Like it's, it's, it's already, it's already part of our, our code right now. Like it's, it's been here for a while. We just figured out how to access it now, thanks to um, this taproot upgrade. So why not just accept it? And then we have the other half of Bitcoin going, no, 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 no. This is not what we want in the Bitcoin. Like we do not need our our fees going up and our our space being used up by all these JPEGs. And so now we have the whole Bitcoin community just split on this matter. Like, what do we do? Do we start like what, what are we going to decide on? And now it's so difficult because it's a it's a decentralized space. So how do you decide these matters? You know, what's what? How do you come to a consensus on these things? It's very difficult. And so um, I honestly think it's just going to stay this way for, for a while because I don't think they're going to ever be able to, to come to a official agreement. So they're just going to leave it as it is. Yeah, and I think that's still... probably that's... has something to say about whether it's actually a decentralized ecosystem. Well, that's what we're going to find out, right? Yeah. So just, just before we get that like take, it, it's just kind of this idea that the bitcoin community you know stalled in so many ways in 2017 and they they don't it's not even that they have now come across a problem like you said that's inevitable you're always going to have a problem but it's they don't have any of the mitigating strategies they have invested no yeah. time in deciding what is the process for a change what is the process to debate what you know should be allowed and and should be you know all those meta things are very hard one in a decentralized ecosystem they don't have multiple node implementations to any significant decree so now you, now you have people making these patching in these sudden uh you know fixes and things and just wait but this is all last minute that suddenly it's now we've got like the breakaways from bitcoin coins that found their own lease on life and are just cracking along at 100 miles an hour but they've just come completely out of left field there's yeah. been no existing there, relationship there nothing that point is really big there are, there's a bunch of people actually running their own modified nodes that was the beginning of the not the beginning that that was like the beginning of the real split of of BTC and BCH it was when people dared to run something besides core that set them off and uh, you know they're 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 set off right now, but somehow they're being pretty quiet about it. So yeah, I think they haven't figured out the response yet. You so name what's your take so, on this? So, yeah. so so I want to so I want to uh, comment on people running the running their own versions that have different re, uh, rules. So technically speaking, uh, people can run a node that doesn't actually soft fork, and they. And just block the block the relay of uh, of this really large transactions uh, in a and enforce a relay rule uh, to in an attempt to block them. And if a very very significant amount, a, a very very significant number of them, uh, that uh, definitely should include some at least some of the miners and um, many of the other big hubs of activity like uh, exchanges. 
uh, do this, then they can uh, make the light, well, they still cannot censor these transactions indefinitely, but they can make their lives pretty inconvenient. So that is possible. But uh, if enough people do that, then in the process, they would also further split the mempool stats of the network, making the already very crumbly uh, zero conf uh, status even worse. And Especially uh, if it fills up. If it fills yeah, up differently yeah. in yeah. different parts of the network, that will be havoc. Yeah. So we so we learned that a while ago on BCH, uh, we went through we went through this debate when we were crafting the lifting the lifting of unconfirmed chain uh limitations, uh from twenty four sorry from twenty five to essentially unlimited, uh among other things and also doublement proofs, uh but uh that debate hasn't been going on at nearly as much until recent until recently on BTC uh, because uh, a very significant portion of them including most of the technical people over there simply stated outright that uh, zero conf should not be a thing ever uh, but it's 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 been it's been clear that a lot of uh, their businesses and users still rely on it, and it's uh yeah. So if any of this relay rule enforcement thing starts gaining traction, it will be even worse. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting to watch, um, as a what not to do thing. I think yeah. this because I mean in in the worst case, I don't think it would happen. But in the worst case, you get those mempools significantly, uh, differentiated. So, so there's like two kind of versions of the mempool, you know, the the uh, ordinals mempool and the the pro ordinals mempool and the non ordinals mempool. You start the the the, the risk of orphan blocks starts to go up, right? Assuming there's some miners in that group, but yeah, it gets messy. Sorry, Jed. I'm sorry. No, no worries at all. I think that makes for a fantastic transition to this tweet from uh, Adam back here talking about censoring yeah. like exactly right on so jeremy if you want to so yeah let's get to that yeah yeah so so obviously just in this intervening slide i just had here the fact that this is all a problem because ordinals have been popular and that's just one key point to put it nobody knows if it's going to keep exploding in popularity and this problem is going to get worse if it's going to be kind of a fad and die off or but even just you know it's already uh caused a load of uh, drama but it could it could potentially get even even worse we're here obviously reviewing it now on the 11th of february but in a month we're gonna have a whole set of new new info about this thing so then you know the drama started uh even quite early with this as soon as this was found because Adam Back then tweeted um, on the 29th of, of January, so this was nearly two weeks ago, it's also fair game for miners to censor the crap as a form of discouragement, right? So he then later deleted this tweet and tried to backtrack on it and <laughs> yada yada. But among the many, many uh, narrative inconsistencies being exposed here, there's this one of uh, Adam Back again, obviously famously of Blockstream and Bitcoin Core, and heavily involved in the split. And Bcash is a scam, and so on and so. On. You know, he is now advocating essentially against the core principles of Bitcoin, which were always, you know, immutability, censorship resistance, trustless, open to everyone. Those those kind of fundamental principles. Well, lack of censorship was one of them. That's the whole value proposition of 
Bitcoin as a or cryptocurrency generally as opposed to a, a bank is that nobody can stop you. But now he's suddenly advocating, well, we need to stop people doing this thing. And it came about as a result of the fact that this exploit has popped up without going through the usual gatekeeping approval process that he sort of presides over. So the fact that it's in now, there's nothing he can do about it, but he can have a bit of a rage. And in so on Twitter, exposed to at least some people, obviously everybody outside the scene already knew like Adam Back, you're a hypocrite and you the ideas make no sense. But now even some of the people inside the community were suddenly like, wait, what? What what are we suddenly advocating for? <laughs> and it comes to it comes to that same point again about uh what um you know what Bitcoin is or should be or should stand for because they've sold out the principles long ago and now the the chickens are coming home to roost really. Well, well, it's funny, right? Because he's not wrong. Uh, if if some censoring was going to happen, it would be the miners. They would be the ones who would have to just kind of collectively agree, like like not that, <laughs> anything but that. But but it's just funny that Adam Back chooses ordinals as the thing to say. Oh, this is worth crossing the the like kilometer wide red line like this is worth crossing that for ordinal <laughs> what <laughs> yeah no it just yeah nonsense from from top to bottom but the miners are not likely to do that right i don't know what everybody else's thoughts are right but the the miners are very strange you know and unique entity in cryptocurrency i think they're a fascinating part of the ecosystem and they, they sort of on one hand they're the ones with the the nukes they can uh they can really do a lot of damage if they want, but also they're also the ones with the most at stake. They're also going to be launching the nukes on themselves in a lot of cases, uh, which tends to keep them in line. Uh, and obviously Adam Beck has had his own relations with the miners over the years in terms of bullying them or trying to convince them to work one way or another. And in this case, are the miners likely to get together, especially as a unified entity? As like Don Pons is saying, the community itself is split. The miners are probably right. similar. There's probably some that yeah. don't like it and some that do, but no surely way. for the most part, the miners are making bank off this because they're getting more transaction fees. So why, Not only why that, but they'd have it? to fight it. They would have to orphan blocks and pay to orphan blocks. No way they can have to do that. I mean, in a sense, the miners are the community. That's what makes the Bitcoin chain decentralized in the first place. And so in in this chain, every all the miners would have to agree that these this ordinal thing is is bad. It wasn't meant to be part of uh, Bitcoin. And that's that's pretty much what Adam Beck is trying to say in his tweet. Originally, what he was trying to say in his tweet is um, I, he, I don't think he has a problem censoring things. The problem here that he ran into is that... <laughs> The problem that he ran into is just that the community is split on whether this is a real problem or not. And he, in order in order to get the miners to actually do something about this, they would all have to collectively agree that Ornals is a massive problem that was never meant to be a part of Bitcoin. And so now it, the, they would censor. But because the community is so split like it, in whether this is actually a good or a bad thing, the miners are going to be the same way. And, and if anything, the miners are even going to be more inclined to support this uh, this ability to have ordinals because if it's it's making them bank, it's it's only helping their pockets, laying their pockets. So of course, uh, I I think the majority of uh, miners are actually going to be in support of this, and they are. I think they are in support of um, of this new this new ordinals ability. And um, 
yeah, I don't expect them to to make any changes, and that's why I think it's gonna it's gonna stay the same way it is. Well, so the BGC community have actually sort of, in an inadvertent way, and this is part of the why there's contention over it. They've kind of given themselves a gift in the fact that the NFTs have been driving usage of their change and have been having people pay higher fees, which was what they supposedly wanted but now they've they've kind of got it's one of those cases you get what you want and then you suddenly say yeah no but not like that right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like we wanted we wanted high fees and we wanted a fee market and we wanted people paying you know ten, like there's this argument now that oh well people uh, the nfts are going to sort of die away and uh you know a uh, michael sailor's two billion dollar bitcoin transactions he'll be willing to pay a hundred dollars for that the most immutable perfect block space or tesla or you know jp morgan chase or whoever transferring their bitcoin is going to be prepared to pay more than these nft speculators who might only be willing to pay 50 bucks for their nft but then on the other hand it's like well then what, what about everybody else who was in the chain below that the regular plebs who are supposed to use bitcoin suddenly they're confronted with the reality that maybe their competition is not only Michael Saylor at $100, which they were fine with because he was pumping the price and supposedly creating institutional adoption, but it might also be NFT speculator. They might be at the bottom of the barrel where either they're forking out a ton of cash to move their Bitcoins around or they're kind of just screwed. <laughs> yeah, it's total Schrodinger's... Uh, uh... <laughs> the the fee market schrodinger's fee market it's like no it's it's totally gonna work based on the fee market but then the next like hundred tweets will be like it's still cheap i can still get a transaction in <laughs> right it's like well which one are you gonna go for yeah and in the end it, it kind of can't be be both so as we've said the community has been super split about this so in my i'm not the deepest obviously on the bbc community i'm not following all the trend makers and whatever but from my observation i've roughly split the response down into three categories there's essentially the pro ordinals camp who I've called the taproot wizards, or that's what some of them at least have called themselves. You've got the anti-ordinals camp, who are the classic maximalists I've, I've uh, branded, and then you have these kind of neutrals who are a bit, a bit in the middle. So the taproot wizards, uh, to start with, them are the ones who are like, this is this is great, this is amazing, and uh, amusingly, it's being led by this kind of, uh, how do you say, clique maybe of well, there's these three guys I know in particular, Eric Wall, Nick Carter, and Udi Wertheimer, who are all big sort of BDC Twitter celebrities or or trend trendsetters. And they were all on, you know, famously on the, the small block side of the block size war. But then in the subsequent years, especially recently, have started to come to the understanding, like maybe we screwed up. In fact, in the intro for this year, we have uh, Eric Wall, that same guy saying, uh, you know, maybe we were wrong about big blocks. Like, were we the bad guys, right? Over the last year or two, they these guys had to kind of de-associate themselves from a lot of that toxic maximalism, laserized, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, they started investing in ETH and they started spreading out their kind of bets in the, in the crypto world because they unplugged to some extent from a lot of this uh, BTC nonsense. Now they've suddenly been given this <laughs> gift where they can have fun with all NFTs and things that they think are great on BTC, but it's kind of a bit of um, a bit of a, like 
personal rivalry as well in there because by promoting this and by having a grand laugh about this they're kind of sticking it to the all the laser eyes and all the people who've been saying oh you're not a true bitcoiner and you never were and you you know so this social schism is happening where you have this kind of progressive uh taproot wizards who are jumping on this change probably because they would have agreed with it in a vacuum but there's certainly an element of uh kind of rivalry or uh you know flaunting what, what do you say thumbing your nose at the at the people who were already starting to sort of isolate them out of the community and now they're kind of back with a back with a vengeance uh, and that's obviously had a lot of popular support in in some sense. You know, a lot of the the people who have seen that Ethereum is kicking off and NFTs have been a huge driver and all that. It's just fun and cool. And it's just that kind of element of crypto culture seeping in as well. So yeah, it takes on on this kind of side of the side of the aisle. It, it's also, in my opinion, the only consistent view um, for the ones on the flip side who are like, you know, no, it's a, peer-to-peer cash or still try to claim something like that it's just like no it's never gonna work as that it's been broken um so yeah i as far as i see like that that kind of maverick group is is the only one that's actually self-consistent right it's like oh it's good marketing yeah it is look bch ecosystem is fucking talking for hours about btc what the hell (laughs) right yeah it's great marketing and you were going to say the other group too, right? The uh... Yeah, okay, all right. And then, well, obviously you can contrast them with the sort of what I've called the classic maximalists maybe who are sort of the anti-ordinals. So that's like Adam Back who we talked about, Luke Jr., this guy, Shinobi. There's a bunch of them. It's more the sort of laser eye types. Hodlo Nord, I think, is in there with these kind of guys. And they've come up with this idea that ordinals are an attack on Bitcoin. So I have... This laser eye guy here, ordinal disrespecter, who tweeted, Bitcoiners face the facts. An exploit was found and the current rules here become insufficient. The system is being subverted to serve an entirely different purpose. We are under attack. Ignoring it will not make it go away. Embracing it is to become a traitor. And then he's got a picture of the yellow and black um, and cap colors with BTC uh, logo and don't JPEG on me (laughs) Uh, in there, obviously, like the Gadsden flag so these are the guys who are trying to do this ordinal disrespecting kind of thing like imaginary username was saying uh change up their node settings to uh sort of um you know block or uh downplay the the impact of these transactions but in that respect they might not have the the momentum and the majority that they need. Typically, this is the side that has been the kingmakers. They've been in control of the development repo and the changes that got in. And they like with Jeremy Rubin at the end of last year, they were able to uh, fend off any kind of progressive changes or ideas that are not in the blessed uh, bounds of what is acceptable. But of course, this is this change has been an exploit that's it it's found its way in unexpectedly and that's what's thrown the whole thing into chaos because when you're used to being the one who's the gatekeeper that says yes or no to what is the status quo which is very sticky on a decentralized network they've now found themselves on the other side of the fence where something got in without them realizing it and digging it out is a completely different mountain to climb compared to blocking it from getting in in the first place Blake, i want to i want to amplify that 
because the, there's the aspect of it that, um, yeah, they, they fucked up. Um, but yeah, well, so first they don't really have any ground to stand on in the first place, right? Like this, it's the whole like pure store of value and it, oh, it's still P2B cash through lightning. Like none of that ever had any foundation in the first place. Um, so they don't have anything to stand on there. But not only that, it's much worse than that. Because if you look at your history of how the BCH and BTC split happened, there was a bunch of backroom meetings between basically Blockstream or Blockstream representatives or DCG, uh, the digital currency group representatives and miners. And they convinced them like, hey, all this other, I don't know what happened in those backrooms. But fundamentally, what came out of it was like, look, you should trust us. We're the ones to trust. We're the ones that are going to make this work because we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And those that rabble over there. Now the miners will look at them and be like, oh, you're the ones to trust, are you? <laughs> right. Is that right? Uh, so how did this bug get in there? How did this hack get into it? Right. So now they don't only have a kind of philosophical or economic ground to stand on they also don't have a political ground to stand on because that political ground is how the bch btc split went the way it did i mean among many reasons but that's a big part of it um now they don't have that ground to stand on either so yeah it's totally ripe for at least a social split whether it ends up turning into a network split is a totally different question but it's really interesting from the political aspect also Okay, so for me, I feel like this this conversation is is a very difficult one because if I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a Bitcoin maxi, and in in this position, I don't know, you know, what the correct the correct thing to do at this point would be. Is the, which side of the which side of the fence would I want to stand on? And um, I, I think it has to do with we don't know how far these ordinals can really go, like. Um, is it is is Bitcoin able to to do what Ethereum does now? Like, or is there going to be marketplaces for these ordinals? Like, do we even want to dive into this sector of what Bitcoin can be, or do we just want to stick to what we've been doing for the last ten or so years? And do we like right now? It's it's a whole it's a very difficult discussion to have, and I think that the Bitcoin uh, the yeah, Bitcoin as a, in general, their whole community has to kind of sit down and discuss what they want their future to look like here. Because now with the introduction of these ordinals, everyone's talking about it on Twitter, right? And um, I, I just don't know if you're a Bitcoin maxi, is there room for ordinals on the on the blockchain, on this Bitcoin blockchain? I, I, actually, I, I don't know what's what, honestly the, the correct side of the fence to stand on would be it's it's all funny on every side i can answer one aspect of what you were saying though uh whether it can be you know like this whole evm like uh marketplaces and so forth completely impossible on btc today and uh given the um the political control of btc the the people who control it they right like they they put themselves in a corner no hard forks no major changes um a lot of limitations they've put on themselves without any of it it could be which is where bch is going right we're we're trying to make scripting uh very powerful 
so that you can do pretty powerful things on chain with Bitcoin Cash. BTC cannot do those things. Um, and without doing hard forks or break or crossing some of these Rubicons, like Jet said, crossing these red lines, if they don't cross those red lines, there's there's literally no way that they can do those things. So they have to cross a bunch of lines to get anywhere close to like, hey, are we going to do something like as powerful as EVM? That's so far away. Right. And I think that's where the problem lies. I don't think Bitcoin is willing to cross those lines. I don't, I don't even think they want to cross this original line of, or, of having Orals in the first place. Um, I, I think that most blockchains, actually, they want to stay exactly the same. They just want to have a set of rules they agree on. And that's it. Nothing changes ever. Whereas in the Bitcoin cash space, we're actually a little bit different because we believe in this ever-growing block size. So for, for Bitcoin cash, we're actually always changing to accommodate um, to the community, you know, make sure the fees always stay low. Whereas, you know, other chains like Bitcoin, it's it's one megabyte. We They don't intend to ever change off this one megabyte. The fact that you're able to include now like a four megabyte uh, digital picture is is not, I don't think that's what they ever intended it's just a an accident that does that resulted from from taproot and um right i don't think they want to cross even more barriers to accommodate for for this accident um yeah i think if you're if you're in bitcoin in the bitcoin community you're more likely to want to revert changes and go back to what they've been what they've been ha what they've had for the last how many years has it been now to a decade yeah. Yeah. So there's there's certainly an element here that there's a significant chunk of the BDC people that I've seen who kind of have the take of, well, if 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 the choice was we don't have ordinals, do we want to add it? I would have voted no. But now that we have it, we kind of are just got to put up with it because a we don't have a process to decide how to dig it out, and b this kind of miraculous. Uh, what's it called perfect conception or whatever of uh btc that the way it is is the perfect thing handed down to us by satoshi and solidified in the blocks as was blah 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 uh that that kind of means that well it found its way in therefore it must be correct kind of thing and uh having a, a take to to change yeah. that isn't isn't really viable for for a lot of them you name do you have a thought about these warring camps what's your observation of the politics um so on the so on the social on the social side uh i mean people have people have this impression that oh this warring camps actually mean something but ultimately ultimately it's probably not going to amount to very much because all because ultimately as we as we have seen in the uh replaced by fee little drama we had a, a while ago you know a few a few people can just get in the dark room and put a com put a comedian uh on the github and then and then that's how it's decided anyway so yeah like in terms of actual de decisions uh like all the drama is kind of a distraction so. but this case the, this the wouldn't be a case really of that, though, that. Right? Wait, isn't what? isn't it like it wouldn't i but this isn't a case where they can just make a little update to BDC and push it out firstly because the update oh, yeah, would not can. be trivial to code no they can, they they can the 
they can make an update to Bitcoin Core and push it out, right? But the lashback would be mega because there's actually a huge amount of the community that don't agree with them and they don't have necessarily all the node operators willing to just click upgrade like they have every other time, right? So especially so not if these so influences are, are again. So there are so there are two there are two ways you there are two ways you can do it. Uh one way to do it would be to do a relay upgrade. Uh well, or a relay modification because it's not necessarily an upgrade. Uh, a relay modification and people will probably bitch about it and uh, people who bitch about it will probably not run that version but uh, eventually at, at the next soft at the next next uh, soft fork uh, it will probably get uh, it will probably get forced in anyway because there will be no other there will be no other versions that doesn't contain it and but uh, that's a pretty ineffective way. But uh, if you if you really want to push it, you can try to force a soft fork. Uh, that will be pretty. That will be really effective. But uh, that would also generate a lot of backlash. But these two mechanisms are probably not the main things. Uh, main things that are that. Um, that concerned them because my prediction is that that small number of people, despite whatever drama that is going on outside, like this particular thing is probably not the thing that they'll be actually be worried about. Like uh, they'll just do nothing. Doing nothing is also a decision that can be made. And uh, if they do nothing, then the other camp is going to be upset for a while, and then and then people will just move on and accept it as a uh, part of life. I think that's what's funny because I think doing nothing is always the simplest solution and the one that most people will end up going to if 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 you're met with these two very difficult choices, what's going to end up happening is usually nothing and it's just going to continue going that way. Yep. So just one extra spice pepper to this conversation is is the political one, which I mentioned before, which is if core blockstream whoever it is you want to say controls the, the the client um decides to close this 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 loophole uh to to disallow the inscriptions they would still be allowing ordinals but not the ins the huge inscriptions i i think is what the hole would close so then they would they would have a viable way to say look we're not we're not killing the thing we're just killing the half of the thing and we're still allowing the other part of the thing so there's kind of a gray argument they could pull out of their hat for it but the, the spicy part is now that there's people who have maybe a concept that they can stir some shit, like you said, uh, you know, thumb the nose at people. And these are people who have some resources. They have some money. Um, or, or maybe there is like people who genuinely believe that they could set up marketplaces like Dinofons was saying and, and, and come up with, you know, viable uh, uh, money spinner. Right, like, like, and if some kind of NFT money spinner, when there's money involved, then you start to have the possibility that somebody gets motivated enough to put up a com competitor, to put up a competing node, and say, "Look, this is the one everybody should run." And somebody like that would have the knowledge. Now that we've seen everything that happens, you know, like, okay, now I got to go convince miners. I got to go convince exchanges. Um, it's a completely non-trivial process, and it'll be extremely contentious. But I mean, that's what splits are made of. If somebody 
influential gets that in their head that that's something that needs to happen yeah it could cause all kinds of of, of problems whether it ends up leading to a split or not but yeah just i suspect that the threat of that is exactly why nothing has been publicly said at this point is because they're trying to figure out how to thread the needle and maintain uh control of of the whole narrative as well as uh the the nodes the mining nodes so this is a good good topic to dive into is a split likely okay and what because there's several ways that it could come about right it could come about because the BDC core people say we need to shut off inscriptions they make a change to do that and only some of the people that they expect to follow them do follow them and some of them don't and one way or another that wrangles its way into there's two versions of bitcoin and then we're once again you know they're fighting over the btc ticker and, and brand name and lobbying exchanges and talking to the miners and all this in this very messy uh world so that's one way it could happen or it could happen the other way like you're saying that somebody says wait a second we've 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 got a small little um wedge foot in the door here this is going great let's let's expand that i'm gonna make uh, we're gonna purposely do a, a split where we're gonna say guys obviously this is a lot better this uh btc with nfts and stuff why don't we have btc with x y and z new things that i think would also be awesome and we're gonna just proactively charge on that that would be a tougher sell to win over the brand name but on the other hand maybe if there was a good amount of support for it or potential cash to be made maybe it would they don't even have to get the brand name to cause a hell of a lot of problems for for the chain i don't think it'll actually happen somebody will have to be really motivated to make that happen it's non-trivial completely non-trivial to to make it happen and uh and to take the social uh you know exclusion that will probably happen from from doing that but if somebody's trollish enough and has the resources they can do it they could do it today if they wanted to. So I don't think there's going to be a chain split over this. And I think that if um, if Bitcoin wants to, I think it can actually roll back on this whole inscription thing. Uh, because if there is no intention on building up on top of this and and growing out ordinals in some other way, then really like what, what you can do here is, first of all, ordinals are not even accessible to most of the community. Like I'm going to say 99 percent 99.9 percent even it's incredibly difficult to get your hands on an ordinal and it's incredible incredibly hard to even create your own and so because of this inaccessibility really um most people should not be too bothered if they roll back on this uh this whole inscription thing and i think people might complain about it for like a day or something but then after after about a day they're gonna be like okay look we're just back to bitcoin as we know it for the last decade so I actually think if they wanted to roll back, now would still be a very good time to do it before things are built on top of this, before we start seeing Bitcoin ordinal marketplaces, things that are going to make it so that the community is like, oh, I already have an ordinal. Like I, no, no, you can't roll back on it now. Like I, I, you know, all my friends have one. I'm, I'm building a whole thing around this. Um, I have utility based like on my, with my ordinal. Like now there's a whole ecosystem. Now you can't, you can't stop it now there's gonna be problems later on but as of right now this moment i actually think it is um pretty simple to just go, roll back on this and be like okay guys you know what someone's making an executive decision and um we're, we're just going to go back to how it was 
when you say I don't that, think it'll be that hard because they can actually allow as I understand it they can allow ordinals and block the inscriptions right so that even allows them a pretty gray easy space to work in where it's like right. yeah you can still do your nfts you just can't do the jpeg part of it or the doom part of it uh when you say rollback you're not talking about a chain rollback right just removing this feature just removing the feature <laughs> yeah okay a chain rollback I was no like, chain rollback would be crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've talked about that before and it did not go well Forget about that yeah <laughs> uh, it's gone too far at this point it's more than a week into the future and if they, if they want to you know. fix it and i think they need to start doing it now if they wanted to uh remove this feature it's got to start happening immediately the longer they wait the worse it gets yeah that's right as more and more people get <laughs> get get bought into it and so yeah we have this third camp as well so obviously you have the pro ordinals uh, wizards and the anti-ordinals classic maxless but then you have this very interesting camp that's also emerged which i've termed just out of my own decision the neutrals and they are kind of in this weird backtracking and cope scenario so i have two quotes here one from pierre rochard who tweeted four megabytes every 10 minutes is 210 gigabytes per year around ten dollars of added disk space per year around 30 minutes of additional um, initial block download per year with gigabit internet, I think will be okay on Feb 7th. And then you also have Stephen Livera, who was debating me a bit on Twitter, interestingly. And he said, in the recent craze about inscriptions on Bitcoin, one concern has been storage space. HDD and SSD costs have been coming down a lot over time. In 2017, a Samsung 850 Evo 500 gigabyte was about 28 cents per gigabyte. In 2023, a Samsung QVO 2 terabyte SSD is about $143, 7 cents per gigabyte of storage. That was on February 9th. So you've seen these people who've kind of weighed up both sides and in the sense that, oh, it's in there now, nothing we can do about it. There's now been a lot of cover fire in terms of, guys, but it's fine. Don't worry. We've got these four megabyte blocks and there's been a dual prong attack of firstly bringing up the classic. This was a hallmark of the big blocker argument that node costs are going to decrease over time hardware is going to get better therefore we can scientifically evaluate that and raise the chain limits in accordance with the improvement in technology at a minimum maybe you could even do higher but at the very least if things get twice as better you make the blocks twice as big problem solved as long as uh storage costs are going down bandwidth you know costs are going down and, and technology is improving you know, in all the other ways, then what's the problem, right? And that was always dismissed either by the theory that, oh, that's not going to last forever or it's not viable at some point or, okay, maybe the cost will go down, but that just means more people will run a node and will get even more decentralization. Not that the existing decentralization was enough, but that more decentralization would be even better as opposed to more capacity, right? But that's now all had to be... <laughs> reworked into oh, okay the big blockers were right but they can't say the big blockers were right instead it's just oh guys have you heard that storage drives get get cheaper like uh you know you can even look at the last five years of data but this is a dangerous path because as soon as they're opening the door to scientific analysis of well suddenly it becomes a question of what what was the correct block size is four megabytes the correct amount and is it one megabyte or four megabytes? Because even though at the time SegWit was sold as this is a sort of alleviating fix, it will allow a bit more capacity. It was never 
okay, this is equivalent to a four megabyte block size upgrade. Maybe technically that's what was theoretically feasible, but like we said at the start, the four megabyte blocks wasn't going to be a reality and hasn't been a reality until the arrival of these JPEGs. There's never been four megabytes of just Bitcoin, you know, peer-to-peer financial transactions going on, and there never has been. So it's been very easy to sort of um, gloss over that part of it. But now we've got into that and it looks like, well, maybe there is a world where the ordinals people just uh, spam up four megabytes every single block and and four megabytes is the way in perpetuity. But then if you talk to someone like Stephen Levera, who was arguing with me, then uh, you say, okay, why is four megabytes the perfect amount? Why, why, is, why was one perfect and why is four now perfect? Could it ever be raised again? And they don't really have a good answer for that because how do you well they would have to do some scientific research or something and come up with this is the perfect amount but then of course conditions will change and then theoretically that limit should change but as soon as you get into that whole line of reasoning you've essentially become a bitcoin cash bitcoin casher that was what we were saying and doing the whole the whole time and so all those blocks can kind of crumble but you have john carvalho as well and other people that are just sitting in the middle of this mess like well we just gotta rework our beliefs a bit but without acknowledging it too much i, I don't know a very interesting middle ground the I people think that's who something bitcoin cash bitcoin cash ecosystem just needs to uh not let itself get triggered um totally expect uh at least some subset of people in, in btc to just suddenly basically say everything that bitcoin cash people have been saying since 2014 and just start unironically saying the same things and you just got to be not triggered by that (laughs) because it's like yeah okay you figured it out good like that that's enough like there's no need for for attacking or uh you know dunking on people i don't think that'll really help us some people think it will but I don't think it will. It's just going to distract us to to go and dunk on people all day because it won't change their mind. They're never going to admit like, "Oh, you were right." So, so, so for so for my personal part, I'm actually going to discourage them. Like, no, 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 don't do this. You guys are totally fine. Like, just continue <laughs> doing what you what you're doing. Like, please yeah. don't, please don't do what we do. You guys are a separate chain right now. You have oh, a yeah. different philosophy. You are yeah. doing exactly different, like very different things. You have your you have your niche. We got we got our niche. Like, don't try. Like don't try to don't try to be don't try to like be BTC and BCH at the same time. That's 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 freaking stupid. Like don't do it. That's like, a good it's, message. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad right. for you. It's bad for you. It's it's bad for us. It's brand confusion. You know, don't well brand confusion is kind of funny. But uh, it's but yeah, just like don't do it. Like uh, if you actually want BCH, just come over to BCH. Like seriously. So yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, I would encourage them to, uh, giving the message of BCH saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, maybe increasing if, if they want to backtrack on what they what they originally believed and say, you know, uh, bigger blocks might not be that bad. I'm going to encourage that kind of language and be like, yeah, it, it probably is better. Why don't you, why don't you come try uh, BCH? But uh, as as for BTC, you know, you guys are your own thing. You might as well stay um, on track of doing what you guys were doing all along. Um, if you want to be your that store of value, keep being that store of value. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, obviously, everybody. It's a decentralized ecosystem. Everybody can make their own 
uh, take on it. I I think personally, it's worth at least poking them a little bit. Okay, you don't have to be a complete asshole about it or something, but it's I think uh, obviously, <laughs> well, it's it, it certainly it's certainly you know it's very indicative to me that Stephen Livera. I've been making this thread where I've been documenting some of the kind of shifting narratives and opinions, right? And the key reason I'm doing that is well, firstly, so that some new people will come along and think what is, what is this, and they'll dig into the history and all that. But it's actually mostly for people who've been in the ecosystem a long time and some of them will stumble across that and think yeah this is right look at look at all this logically laid out this has been correct the entire time what else is this guy saying you know that i need to i need to rethink through basically right so that's my that's my intention there and you have someone like steven Livera who He's got 143,000 followers. He's got a big reach, big BDC person, blah, blah, blah. I've got 4,000, right? If he's wanting to chat with me and argue and discuss this, I, I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to piss him off. Okay, I'll work a little bit around, well, why is this sudden change of opinion, you know, not being acknowledged or, or um, you know, why, how, what, how different ways that they're trying to square the square the circle and, and there's just a fine line there you can just be the sort of more mature adult and have an open because we're going to win in an open rational discussion that's basically what it comes down to and the fact that he was replying to me and engaging with it shows that part of and john carvalho likewise with calisti recently has been doing the same thing that shows that the narrative is just crumbling at a massive speed because censoring us isn't an option we didn't go away ignoring us also isn't an option because the voices are getting louder and louder and things are moving in the direction of bch anyway like with this whole uh fiasco over the nfts it's just making our points for us kind of thing and so now it's coming down to well we've got to engage again so we've gone from we the engaging and discussion in the blocks as was to shutting everyone to ignoring them to shutting them out and now it's it's trending back the other way right so now we're getting some engagement and, and debate and that is quickly going to turn into wait these voices are getting louder and louder and there'll be bigger and bigger debates and and discussions i don't know maybe you know roger will get in some big zinger on twitter that gets like a huge amount of traction with an unexpected group of people or something something like that and it'll suddenly be like bankless will be like you know what let's have a btc versus bch debate been a while now you've got nfts you're raising your block size let's let's hash it out again and then suddenly it's like bch will be right back in the in the game and in the discussion that that's my thought anyway chat uh, yeah i think the general is uh, right in that we shouldn't just dunk but if BTC people are setting you up for the layup, take the layup. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I love that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> the hey, I, have a, I have a question um, for, for an angle that I haven't really thought through, and I wonder if any of you guys have. Um, so if, if you look at it from the perspective of how decisions are actually made, Right. In BCH, we have the chip process. We actually have a process for, for figuring things out. And, and we have a default of, uh, like Dino Pons was saying, the default is no to any kind of good idea. It's like, no, prove it. <laughs> right. Prove it to everybody that it's a really good idea and, and not just a, a good idea. So we have that, but BTC does not have that. BTC has a bit, which is a technical document. It's not a process at all. 
Um, and so their actual process is more like, you know, John Todd or previously Peter Wu or, you know, whatever the, the guys who have commit access make a call and who's, who influences them. Um, I mean, we saw it, right? There's Blockstream previously, there was the MIT uh, group, there's DCG behind a lot of it, the funding coming behind a lot of it. So from from those guys' perspectives, the ones that are kind of the guy behind the guy, this is probably all just like, oh my God, what are these, what is the rabble talking about? <laughs> what are they talking about? And and what is their motivations? The the guy behind the guy, the people behind the people, what is their motivations here? I wonder what DCG thinks about this because they're in the middle of a lot of shit right now with usdt with all of their investments with all of their centralized exchanges um and all of them having been fractional and then getting called out on it they don't have the reserves they're all bankrupt uh like all of his companies are bankrupt they have these fucking billion dollar fake financial deals going on that are getting called out by uh government agencies and so forth they're in some really hot shit and they probably don't give a fuck about any of this uh, noise going on, right? But what does that mean? Because those are roughly the guys making the calls, right? So what do they think about this? Have you guys thought through that? Like what, what it looks like from their perspective? You, I mean, you, I have yeah, a little yeah. bit of a beginnings of thought about it, but but not very deep, so. Well, I think that obviously, like you said, DCG is in a bit of a mess. And to the extent that whatever people were sort of arrayed against bch at the time of the split in 2017 or earlier in 2015 the world moves on it just it just does like whatever money and resources and time and effort and so on and so forth was spent on ensuring there was lockdowns on our bitcoin censoring off people attacking mike for running bitcoin xt and starting his own new node implementation uh you know um what's it called petitioning the miners doing all this stuff right all this stuff that's that's not time and effort and energy and money that is just coming out from from nowhere right somebody is is spending resources on that right so here we are eight or nine years later the world is messy things move on those same people or interests or whatever who had the time and energy to fight that battle at least some of them probably not all of them but at least some of them will have fresh problems on their hands and so they can't everything that we do in the bch ecosystem is sort of in defiance of whatever pushback there is so any gain that we're making any forward ground that we're marching forward is done despite the the pushback right and so that pushback is it lessens over time it has to people are busy and they have a lot of different problems and reality is very messy so to the extent that there's just too many fires to put out. That's the whole kind of crypto ethos, really, in the terms of, well, there's now 20,000 coins. So government or whoever doesn't like crypto, they can't stop all of them. That's ship has long sailed. You can't even put out all the fires in one community anymore in the terms of like the BDC. You know, this all stuff is stopping and all this little infighting is all time and energy that they're, they're spending on that instead. So I think that's why I'm so bullish or confident on BCH because there's a confluence of factors where at the same time as our 
strength is rising and the narrative is changing in our favor at the same time as that the pushback is lessening it might not be immediately visible but the the there's people have other problems if these b2c people are busy arguing amongst themselves in all these different ways that's time and energy they're not spending either improving their own product in which case it's easier for us to outcompete them or they're spending it you know sabotaging each other and whatever instead of us that's brilliant well in in the in the funniest case in my imagination there's um you know adam with blockstream and he's like oh we really need to have a position on this and you know he like picks up the red phone and he's like hey what should be our position on this ordinals thing and, and barry silver is like what the fuck stop bothering me with this bullshit we have ethereum and all kinds of shit now just fuck off and i have to deal with this usdt and Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother me with this bullshit. But but it could go the other way as well, right? Where where you know they they actually say no 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 wait uh, let's approach this rationally. All of our games still hinge on propping up uh, the value of BTC until we like fully exit the market, uh, assuming they are still in the market in some way. So as long as their value proposition depends on propping up the price specifically of BTC, um, you know, maybe they're, they're going to take it very seriously also and say like, no, 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 no. Uh, whatever it is that keeps the price up. And they're like, yeah, but something, something is like, stop. <laughs> whatever it is that keeps the price <laughs> of BTC up is what we're going to do. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I'm not sure how how they're looking at it. I'm not sure how invested they are still in BTC. That's basically the question. I think the more you talk about Ornals, though, if you if people sit down and and talk about it and really think if it deserves a a place um in in Bitcoin right now, I think that eventually it's going to trend to no. You know, even even me who's who's an NFT enthusiast, right? I don't know. Like we have Ethereum, like you said, like the general was saying, we have Ethereum already. And that that's that's probably what they're going to be talking about when they're having these these discussions. They're going to say, look, we have Ethereum. Bitcoin was not meant to uh to 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 be like Ethereum. And even even like myself who who, who dabbles in NFTs, I I love NFTs. I don't know that it's it's Bitcoin's place to to include them because first of all, you know the accessibility, right? You'd have to have marketplaces and people who 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 own NFTs and who like NFTs. There has to be a reason why um, they're purchasing these. And so right now, even if you wanted to just even if you were one of those uh, NFT buyers who just wants to hold things and then wait for the price to go up, you can't do that right now on Bitcoin. There's no way to buy and sell. And if you're a believer in owning, you know, digital assets, once again, Bitcoin is not the right place to do this. This is something that Ethereum handles. And um, I like to say that, you know, since since I was very small, right, I've always been a believer in Bitcoin and NFTs, even before they came into existence, because, um, you know, even as a child, I all of my assets, my net worth was all digital, virtual. And, and this is something that, you know, um, Ethereum is shined that you, you're able to hold all these virtual assets, these these things, and in Bitcoin right now, it's just it's just a JPEG, and it's like a picture of a neon cat. You cannot sell it, you cannot buy it. it doesn't hold any any sort of real value. It's just kind of like a marketing scheme almost. You just you know um, 
create some sort of digital image you post it on the blockchain it's just there forever and that's essentially what it does right now i don't exactly know that it's and, and using up the blockchain space for something so trivial it doesn't seem like it's um it's the right move and so i think it, it's the more conversation you have on this matter i think they should probably decide to just um change it and uh, change, change the protocol and just go back to the way it was before my take on it yeah i kind of agree with that the more the more i hear you talk about this the more i sort of agree with you in the sense that i think that ordinals maybe will be a sort of a bit of a flash in the pan where it's got hype it's got momentum everyone's into it at the at the moment but the sort of the the store of value and all that digital gold and all that kind of comes back into things and people kind of think like ah oh, yeah okay that was fun for a couple of weeks but do we really need this in fact the uh, ordinals had been on a big exp uh, upward exponential growth in terms of daily amount of people doing it like anything that's new and hype and it has been it has trended down for the last day and a half we're only halfway through today so it remains to be seen about today but it doesn't look like it's going to keep continuing this explosive growth now perhaps somebody will invent a newer easier way to get involved in it that will suddenly open it up to a lot more people that's certainly one possibility but i can also see that the people who bought BTC in general think that they know what they've bought and this NFT stuff kind of doesn't fit fit into the bigger bigger picture of it. But we have a slide here of what are they going to do? Obviously, we've already talked about this. You know, the wizards are happy with it. The undecideds are kind of like, eh, don't know, but it's in, so it's in. And then the maximalists are unhappy and looking for a way to, to change it of course the status quo is that if nothing changes there will still be ordinals but it could just be that it, it stays that way and it just dies off in usage and it comes to some small level which nobody's really that uh upset about but i had a poll here from nvk who is a big twitter bitcoin maxi type of guy uh who put out a poll to see what what was the community thinking of the different sort of options so he said i think it's a he but i don't know I said, not much to debate. The bickering is pointless. No one needs permission to make inscriptions. So you are left with three choices. Rollback Taproot had 8.3% support. Fix, in quotes, with yet new risks, got 3.8% support. Inscriptions are okay, got 51.8% or 51, yeah, 51.8% support. And show answers got 36.1% support. So according to this uh, poll, which was on February the 4th, the vast majority are kind of like, well, just just let it be, you know, maybe, you know, it's upward of 70 or 80, 80%. But I could see that given three months or six months, maybe Ordinal's hype dies down a bit, that this poll then would would rerun and change that uh, kind of fix got a huge boost and inscriptions are okay declined once it wasn't the hype new thing that everyone was confused about. I want to I want to make a call, Jeremy. Um, so you can put me on record here. Um, okay. Thinking of it because I've been just thinking through my own hypothetical there, and you know what is it that's going to make the price go up is hype and marketing. It's a marketing chain. Um, it, it's all based on hype right now, or not right now, like for years. So, what will do that? Um, the inscriptions can actually fuck things up. So. My guess is that they're going to close because you remember you you got to separate. I think 
it's possible. I'm not totally sure, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to block the inscriptions so that you can't do that and just say, Hey, look, that was never intended. Yeah. We fucked up. We have to take the L somehow. Um, but we're going to allow the ordinals because the ordinals is just using taproot. Like rolling back taproot will just be beyond the pale. That will be such a huge admission of just so many failures at so many levels. And there's, I don't think there's any way they're going to roll back taproot. Um, so they're going to leave taproot, leave the ordinals, leave the NFT part of it and block the inscriptions, not the inscriptions, but, you know, up to whatever, some kind of size, like ask Luke Jr. What's a reasonable size? And they'll set that number as the size for it. But so with the ordinals, I think those actually still fit pretty well with the whole like store of value, stacking sats. Uh, it's a very, it's the purest, like hardest form of money, like all that stuff. Because fungibility, like, they don't actually give a fuck. Most of the people about fungibility, like, okay, so the sets can kind of be organized in this weird astrological way, this ordinal way. So, yeah, I, I think they'll keep the ordinals and have just like an extra kind of extra level of collecting, right, of, of store of value, of, of rare collectible things. And then they'll, they'll cut out the, ins the inscriptions and so you'll be left with the NFT ordinals and some kind of tooling starting to build around that. And uh, then the, the, the narrative doesn't really have to change and they still get the benefit of hype that will possibly pump the price without the risk of like totally fucking up uh, the operation of the network. I don't know. That's my guess is they're just going to cut out the inscription part and that's it. So invest in Bitcoin punks. You heard it here first. All right, and then we've got what are the uh, what are the other options that from outside the community? Just to contrast with that previous poll, we had Kurt Wackett Jr. from the BSV community ran a similar poll, but of course to a, a different audience and with different options, saying how will small blockers nuke ordinals on BTC? So he's kind of taking the position that they are going to find a way to shut it off, like you're saying, or at least uh, modify it. You know, what what's going to be the the chosen tool? I've heard they're meeting behind closed doors at the Satoshi Roundtable. So his poll had the options emergency BIP, 39.1%, orphan or ordinal blocks, 13.7%, node policy setting, 22.9%, and threats of violence, 24.3%. I was bit confused by this poll i voted for the emergency bip i sort of felt like some change would get into bitcoin poor yeah that's kind of the existing thing orphaning ordinal blocks i don't see that at all because that takes too much minor involvement node policy setting we actually have already seen some of that so that's probably the correct answer with the knowledge that we have today and threats of violence i wasn't really sure who are you threatening like i guess you can harass the miners or just try and shut down whoever likes the ordinals but that seemed a bit a bit of a weird option to i don't make. even think they have to have an emergency bit they'll just call it a bit i mean fucking peter right. todd gets <laughs> gets a rbf permanent rbf put in just on a whim practically um i don't even think they need to call it an emergency they'll just they'll just put it up and blah blah blah, blah, blah and make the thing happen Right. I feel like they can take their time. And I think even the first poll where uh, they said that, you know, 51% in favor of ordinals. I also think that these polls are kind of um, a little skewed because I feel like if I saw the same poll, I probably also would have been like, oh, yeah, you know what? Just include ordinals. It takes a little bit of critical thinking to 
and and sitting down and this and thinking about this to see like what the correct option is. You know, if I if I started a poll and said, you know, should I buy a bottle of water? Should I not buy a bottle of water? It's gonna be like most people just say, yeah, to buy a bottle of water. Should I buy a puppy? Should I not buy a puppy? Buy a puppy. It's like if you if you give them an option to have more uh something that gives them more options, something that gives you like something, people are gonna choose something over nothing most of the time. And um, yeah, I think in this case as well, they're like, okay, yeah, if we have ordinals, might as well uh, start using them, see what what it can do. And but in the grand scheme of things, right right now, it doesn't seem to be a problem. You know, the fees of Bitcoin haven't uh, they 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 start they started going up a little bit. I think it's it's up to like a dollar or something, right? Uh, up from like fifty cents. But uh, I don't think that people will see it as a problem until they really see um, the crippling of. Uh, of Bitcoin in terms of extremely high fees, going back to you know the twenty dollar mark, that's going to start at that point. You start having a serious conversation about um, what's causing this and if we should do an emergency bit. At that point is when you start doing the emergency bit on um, on this ordinals and the inscriptions. Um, but until then, I think that most people are going to see it as not too big of an emergency right now and um, just enjoy it while it's here at least. But uh, DCG yeah. knows it's coming. Um, I mean, there's a high probability that even just trolls will be enough <laughs> to keep the blocks full. And if they do that, they know the fees are going to skyrocket. And that's why I think they'll cut off the inscriptions or they'll put a hard limit on the on the inscriptions. Because having that fee event happen again will cause a lot of cognitive dissonance from all the people who are like, wait, 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 this wasn't supposed to happen again Um or, you know, facing them with the reality of what it means to have other people whose transactions are more valuable than yours. And therefore, you don't get to transact. You don't even get to open lightning channels or anything. That will trigger a whole kind of avalanche of cognitive dissonance if that happens. But the thing is, see, that's why it's interesting is because if we see a huge ongoing growth of ordinals now, we could see the first ever bitcoin fee crisis that happened outside of a euphoric bull run right which would be yes. a very interesting uh new twist oh, of yeah. events at the moment we've only had them at the peak hype of 2017 after the, the split and also in 20 uh late 2020 early 2021 right and then it's a self-correcting mechanism yeah up. everyone's Number everyone's so excited <laughs> everyone's good. trading around and then you know that causes the fee crisis then everyone goes okay we got a bit too excited maybe this isn't ready to take over the world yet right but the if if the if the fee crisis triggers without a euphoric price hype that would be insane but if it doesn't happen then we might just it's it's just like a delayed bomb if they don't fix it because then they're so much closer to capacity all the time now that if there was another fee, you know, you can imagine that BTC starts rising, ETH starts rising, everybody gets enthusiastic, the harvesting, <laughs> and then, but they, instead of hitting that uh, crisis once they'd tripled in price, maybe they hit it when they've only gone up 40% or something like that. And then maybe ETH starts rocketing past them as everybody's like, well, fees are too high on BTC anyway, because it's all for this <laughs> ordinal spam. Like th maybe that, would then be where the the cost got paid. I don't know. And in a bull run, the fees might go even higher than they they used to be. I think the at in the last bull run, you know, the fees were touched uh, like twenty twenty something dollars. And if you have these ordinals, you know, they can go as high as like they they can go even double. They can go double past that because now there's uh, even more fighting for um fighting for that space on in in, in each block.
yeah, it was it was sixty dollars at the pay peaked at about okay, fifty dollars on the first one and the sixty dollars crazy. So I just remember it like twenty. That's oh, average. Yeah, like that's average, by the way. That's yeah. that's the so people are paying yeah. like three hundred or four hundred dollars a transaction, you know, at least. And, yeah. and even worse than in some sense than the the price was just the time, right? People got in the mempool and then they're like Right, even that the time was an issue too. My transaction kept to the exchange <laughs> three days ago, a week ago, literally two weeks ago, it's gone. <laughs> you know, and then they start looking at block explorers, and it's like, wait, it's not even there anymore. Like transactions literally fell out of the mempool. In some cases, they got put back in, but some cases they didn't. Yeah, it's it's all a big mess. Right, it's been a while. I, I completely forgot about the time aspect too. I remember being so scared every single time that if it doesn't, if it's not instant, if it's not instantaneous uh, speed, you just always worry the entire time. It's like, is are my funds even okay? Are they are they do they exist anymore? I've been waiting here for like four hours, right? Or it could be like a whole day even. It could be. I think I, I used to wait for transaction for like a week if I like you know, yeah. uh, put put a low fee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Peter crazy. Todd is like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I got it covered. You guys remember, it's all we got RBS replaced by now, fee. All replaced yeah. by fee, and it's like, yeah, like it gets worse. It escalates. It. <laughs> That's just gonna escalate faster. Yeah, it's just gonna accelerate right. the escalation of prices. Yeah, absolutely yeah. crazy. Hey, okay, uh, so, I have a, yeah, I have a request. Can we, can we talk about BCH stuff? I'm tired of comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> um. We had a uh, one that we might maybe we'll save this for next episode and we'll debate it, but it's going to be a, a trivia question. Callisti community comment of the week said, oh, True or false? Yeah. A Bitcoin That's soft a fork one. can lead to a chain split, not just hard forks. True or false? This is a very <laughs> finicky question. So, um, you know, I, I think the answer is false because by definition, a soft fork is only tightening the restricted rules so i don't think if there was a technical bug in your implementation or if you socially ended up with a split like we've been talking about i think you can lead to a split but as far as i'm aware there's not a way for a soft fork change to cause a chain split it can have longer um like in the normal process you have blocks that get orphaned and you could perhaps have longer chains that then got orphaned but it couldn't actually lead to a like a perpetual chain split as far as i know uh maybe you name has the best <laughs> take on this i don't know wait wait uh so in so in terms of a soft fork if you put in a soft fork That's, can yeah. you end up with a lasting so, somewhere or another can you end up with a lasting chain split that leads to two coins well that's uh that's that's what was uh once threatened but never was never put in place that was uh the infamous uh uasf uh that was uh you know all the rage back in 2017 um so yeah uh a soft work for people who didn't catch uh is a change in consensus rules that uh type that tightens it. Uh, you know, nodes and miners that uh, mm -hmm. implements the software would no longer that activates the software would uh, no longer accept things that were accept that were acceptable under previous rules. So, um, generally, uh, because of the very uh, because of the aggressive nature of softworks, uh they are activate they are activated with some sort of polling mechanism 
or uh, or other or other kinds of uh, mechanisms that make sure that make sure uh, or minimize the chance of them generating splits. But um, you can uh, implement it in such a way that it activates just regardless of what the other guys are doing, and that is uh, where the UASF thing comes from. So you know, if you don't follow, if you don't follow what I do, I will just activate anyway, and then you have two, and then we have two chains. Um. So yeah, in that case, if the majority uh just gives up and follows, then there is no split. If the majority does not give up and does not follow, then you have some of the nodes, assuming they have a minimal amount of hash power, they would just go off and form their own chain. So yeah. Okay. But wouldn't that be All considered right. a hard fork at that point, or? Oh no! Yeah. Well, well, I mean, well, I mean, I I adhere to the old school, old school technical definition of soft forks and hard forks. Uh, okay. You know, and so it would be a chain split. It wouldn't be a hard fork. Yeah. No, not a hard fork. It would at be all. a chain split, but not it's a split. hard fork. Got it. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a it will be a chain split that resulted from, from some of the fork. some of okay. the nodes uh, adhering to a new soft fork rule. Okay. All right. Interesting. Very, cool. very, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. All right. So now, as uh, requested, we've got uh, two slides here, just talking about the ramifications for Bitcoin Cash. So obviously, the BTC narrative is is falling apart. You know, um, four megabyte increase is now suddenly a mainstream thing, rather than no, no, it's one megabyte. But we did kind of a bit of alleviation. That's all been. A rewritten uh you know memory hold and now it's suddenly no no we always meant to do four megabytes that's the that's the story and node costs etc uh pruning nodes is now increasingly part of the b2c discussion but then you've got uh obviously cash tokens coming in in may is this the perfect storm for cash tokens to land in like two or three months with all the infrastructure and stuff we've already got going and suddenly it's like ordinals versus you know, cash tokens, NFTs, but ours have low fees and are cooler. Like, you know, where, how does that play into things? Unless, I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the 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 bad guy here, but uh, unless uh, some masterful uh, marketeer, influencer, something, something happens uh, to build up uh, maybe unjustified amount of hype. Nah, I don't think it is, but that's possible also, right? But we're also kind of historically the anti-hype <laughs> chain, right? And and to put it in, in better terms, we're the utility chain, right? Where we actually take utility seriously. And that's what we're aiming our valuation to be based on is our utility to people and, and organizations. Um, and so from that perspective, there's a shit ton of work to be done to make cash tokens realize its potential, right? Because it's not just, uh, I mean, not to say there's anything wrong per se with uh, JPEG NFTs, but that's not what it is. You can do that, but that's not what it is. To realize the potential of it means retooling, having new indexers, having uh, new ways of new libraries to do applications, new ways of all the standards have to be done like the ERC-20 standards, which is just taken for granted now, right? Didn't exist at one point. It had to be come up with back in the day when Ethereum was still Nerdville and, and it was all like world computer. And then it was just a bunch of nerds. And then somebody came up with some standards and somebody figured out how to make money with them. And, 
and everything started to take off, right? But we have all that work to do. We have standards to establish and infrastructure to build. So there's still a lot to be done. And as, uh, as some critics uh, have said um, on Twitter and other places, you know, like, well, where's all the documentation? And it's like, well, <laughs> we're still on the we're still on the ground floor, you know, like the documentation is what you make at this point because there is no consensus. There is no uh, billionaire who comes in and is like, oh, you know what? We should uh, I should establish a company. Here's a billion dollars to develop infrastructure and documentation and all this shit and and take uh, Ethereum to the next level. That's not it's not really the way it's going with BCH, right? We're developing things ourselves and it is quite decentralized and bottom up and grassroots. So yeah, it's like, where's all the documentation? It's like, oh, that's a good question. You're assigned to that now. <laughs> right? so, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be done to to realize it. But there's always a chance that it turns into hype. I don't know. So so here here's another here's another thing that uh, continues from the uh discuss from the discussion much earlier is uh par a very significant or even I would say the majority of the hype surrounding ordinals it comes from its controversy. Like if there is no warring camps, like right. uh you know just uh, debating and uh, trying. And some of them trying to stab each other over it. And if it's if it's not if it's not such a controversial topic, I mean, seriously, it's some JPEGs. We have seen JPEGs before. Like this is not anything new, except it's other than the fact that it's on a controversial chain. So you know, um, if there's no controversy surrounding it, nobody would give a shit. So um, and uh, so I would actually be a little bit uh i would actually be uh pessimistic about the prospects of something similar something similar you know gaining traction at least in the same way on bch through cash tokens because uh well on bch we are a lot more laid back if you want to put some jpeg well i mean some people would may not like it but eh, you go ahead whatever <laughs> you know so uh it's not going to generate a lot of controversy so um Anyone trying to find hype here would have to generate that hype some other, you know, more productive way. And that's not that's not easy. That's not easy. Let's start up a fight, Jeremy. Like we'll be like you're like on one camp and GP will yeah, be my in stream another right camp. now. I gotta, we'll like I have gotta, all these, I get the fuck off this my stream. Get the get the clip going, you know, <laughs> just uh, WWE BCH style. I, I created an like, NFT. Yeah, you, you're that's how it works. You know. <laughs> yeah. I like to ju- I like to jump in here. So I love Bitcoin Cash, obviously, right? And I I love the idea of NFTs. Right now, I do not care about Ordinals, not even a little bit, because it's it right now the way NFTs are and how they're. Um, perceived in the space is very negatively because right now we're just seeing them as JPEGs and that's kind of what they are right now. They're just, they're just JPEGs and, and to build it out on Bitcoin cash, you know, the sole cash token ecosystem, it's like the general was saying, it's going to take a lot of work. And part of the reason why um, it's, it's going to require all this effort and stuff is because right now in the NFT space in the crypto space, NFTs are just seen as these kind of, they're just pictures. They're not useful for anything. And the way I always perceived them was the way they were meant to be seen, which was uh, they are a way to give a digital asset to somebody 
and it is verifiable on the blockchain that it is yours, that you own it. And that is something that I've been into since I was since I was small. I used to say like, oh, look, I, I own I own houses. I own like $100,000 worth of gold. And like, okay, where is it? It's like, it's, it's, on, it's on a video game, right? So that's, that doesn't exist. But, um, and, and there was no way to verify that it's yours because it didn't exist. It wasn't actually yours. And people would, you know, they would see like, you know, the gold I have in the game, for instance, and they'd be like, hey, why don't you spend it on all these cool things? Like, what do you mean? That's that's my bank account. That's what I use. That, that's how, I'm not I can't spend that money. That's how I'm going to pay for like, you know, my my food tomorrow and stuff. So I was using crypto before it was even before it was even crypto. And and like, you know, the, the, the digital assets I had in these games that I, I believe those things to be mine. But there was no way of proving it was mine. And there was no way of proving it had any value with NFTs. Right. That's that's what we're that's what we're building right now. It just doesn't it doesn't seem like that. People have kind of forgot what NFTs were meant to do. Kind of how, you know, sometimes people forget what Bitcoin was meant to do. They forget that, you know, the white paper was it was meant to be a peer to peer uh, currency. The same thing with NFTs. It wasn't meant to be a JPEG and you buy it, then you resell it for more money. It wasn't meant to be that it was supposed to be for the utility of having it verified on blockchain that you own a piece of virtual some virtual asset that's valuable to you it could be a it could be a home it could be something in the metaverse like something it, it was meant to you know that that was the whole utility of it and that's something that it would require a lot of work to build on the bch chain within the form of cash token and stuff and that's what i hope to see eventually but like general says it's going to take a lot of work to actually build something that you know is useful and um yeah i remember that's my take on it I remember back in, I think, 2018, James Kramer had a, um, uh, it was just a website for a classic arcade-style video game, and your save states were SLP tokens. So when you quit the game, you paste your SLP address, and it'd give you this token, and then there's no cookie, there's no login, there's no any of that. It's just when you go back to the game, it asks for this token, and you put it in, and it's kind of like those old... Um, I remember on the Sega Genesis, you'd beat a level and it'd give you a code. And with that code, you could get back to the next level so that, you know, it couldn't save anything, but there was a, it was a way to get ahead. Um, and I want to see more of that. I think, I think that project was the only one where I've seen that save state idea used. And then kind of building off that, and I, I mentioned this recently in the new BCH Games Telegram chat, but I, I have this Minecraft server where... Everyone in the game gets a Bitcoin Cash wallet, and I would love to have in-game items also be connected with maybe cash tokens. Maybe that'll be the next uh, iteration for me. And so while it might not be transferable to other games, it would be transferable to other Minecraft servers. Like anyone could just install this plugin and use it all the same, and then they don't need to be in the game to transfer those items around. Like I... I really like this idea. I would love to see more being used on it or used kind of in that method, but I, I have not seen anything. Um, that that being said, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the gaming scene. So maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm on board 100%. I'd love to see NFTs used in games. Uh, I know it's not like that big of a deal, but it's so much more interesting to me than a picture. No, I think it is a big deal. It's something that I've been waiting for my entire life. My entire life, I've been waiting for this exact thing. So I, I've I've known that I've loved NFTs and Bitcoin before I knew that they were a real thing. I've been using crypto before crypto existed. 
And uh, and it wasn't like a small amount of virtual assets to have. I as a 16 year old, I had a hundred thousand dollars worth of virtual assets, you know, in the form of gold, in the form of all these all these things, and people did not value them. That's the cool thing about NFTs nowadays is that people now value them. The same things that I used to own back in the day, like I would show people, you know, be like, hey, look, look at all the stuff I own. It's it's actually worth like a hundred thousand dollars. Like, no, it's not. What do you what do you mean? There's no marketplace. There is no there's no way to prove that that is worth anything. And it and also, you know, selling it, um, there was there was no as a 16 year old, I had to go through PayPal. There was no uh, cryptocurrency. And and you can't even use PayPal at 16. So I had to lie and be like, you know, uh, I'm 18. And they, after they saw that I withdrew like 25 grand, they were like, oh, um, we just noticed that you've been doing a lot of transactions. We also found out that you're 16. We got to close down your PayPal account. And now I have no means of transacting all these digital assets that I had. There was no decentralized way to to transfer all these assets and 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 cash out. But um, with the whole that's why I love Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash allows you to do everything with these giant block sizes. You can you can have these cash tokens. You can have all these digital assets, and then you can have a peer to peer currency that works anywhere across the world. It's literally it's financial freedom. I I love the whole concept. It's it's something that I've dreamt about ever since I was literally a sixteen year old boy, wishing that something would be created that was that would solve all these issues that I was having. And then Bitcoin Cash came out. I was like, look. This this is your solution right here. It's everything you've ever wanted in a currency. It does it all. So there you go. I think uh, obviously a bit of cold water on are we suddenly going to get insane hype like Orleans? No, not really. Of course not. But the it kind of cuts back to that same BCH motto is just sort of the the hare and the tortoise, just slow and steady, keep our heads down, keep building, do things sensibly, and over the next few years, those those things will start to make huge gains. And I think that can already be taken as a bit of a lesson from this um, thing. One of the things Stephen Levera said to me when I was arguing with me on Twitter is he was saying, it's time for us to accept that BCH is irrelevant and uh, everybody to switch onto Lightning, right? This is right after he has just posted his opinion, which is the BCH opinion from five years ago, right? Things are irrelevant when they're behind the times, not when they're actually ahead of the times, right? And I think we're going to see all like all the work that has already gone into BCH has been amazing in terms of like cash fusion for fungibility, right? Is a classic example. We had all the stuff that needed to be done kind of around the difficulty adjustment and the addresses and stuff. That was kind of a hassle, but it had to, it had to get done. And then you have all the different node teams. You have uh, obviously cash tokens is coming in, the scripting improvements, any hedge, like all these things just build up over over time. And we're going to see more and more of the BDC community starting to realize, wait, they, they're going to start wondering, what, what if we did have multiple node teams and how would we organize it? Well, that's the, you know, they're five years behind essentially. And so BCH is cracking on with the next thing, cash token. So in five years, maybe they'll think, well, maybe we should have something like cash tokens. But by then we'll actually have a whole ecosystem with all the tooling and everything. And it will just be an overwhelmingly obvious thing to switch. That's what's happening. More and more people are waking up to these ideas as this is all debated and discussed uh in in the public eye right the actual trendsetters themselves are obviously having doubts because like i said they're starting to engage with us but even them the audience might be listening to them but they've at least in my opinion they've lost a lot of the credibility that they they once had so it, yeah it just comes down to keeping our heads down and 
doing things the right and slow way, which is, you know, in the, in the long run, that's, that's how you win a marathon. Basically you, you don't just <laughs> rock it out at the start. You, you plan for the long game and you execute according to that uh, forward vision jet. Yeah, I just wanted, I saw that General corrected me in the chat here, and I want to say this for our audio listeners. The game was called Load Runner, and it was made by Claudio Gill, not James. Uh, I don't think it's still up, and it probably wouldn't work with the disaster of SLP infrastructure nowadays. Um, but maybe something to dig into. Uh, certainly interesting. Sorry for that to yeah. bring it back. But yeah, I just really wanted to, I like the corrections. <laughs> we also just got to hit on briefly here. Somebody asked in one of the chat groups uh could this same uh ordinals kind of fee crisis and yada yada all the stuff involved could that kick off on bch so i just wanted to quickly say that no it can't and there's a bunch of reasons so obviously we don't even have, have taproot in the first place so there's no way to put four megabytes of data into one output uh, at least none that i'm aware of there's no uh discounting of the fees to make that cheaper and obviously the BDC blocks have already been 90% or more full anyway. So just putting it over the top with a few transactions is completely different to regularly filling up the Bitcoin Cash 32 megabyte blocks, which are only, you know, a, a tiny fraction, um, not even 10% full. It's actually more less, it's more like 1% or less, 0.3% uh, actually maybe in, in reality, it's like 100 kilobytes out of that uh 32 bytes so filling 32 megabyte blocks would be an insane amount of activity and would cost a lot of money to do it uh or to sustain it and even if they did then uh the community could bump the block size up to 256 megabytes if we actually had that much stuff or and or the fee rates could also go from one satoshi a byte to three satoshi a byte so for the spammer this is now costing them tons and tons of cash but for everybody else, it's like it goes from being less than a cent to do your transaction to one cent for a couple of days until the spammer runs out of money. So yeah, there's not really any um, issue. But the, the whole that's the whole split. That's what it was all about. Like our system is not vulnerable to this stuff because it follows the original uh, Bitcoin plan for for dealing with such things. So yeah, just wanted to wanted to touch on that. All right, and then we've got meme of the week. So this is a musical meme of the week. It comes from a guy, Song A Day Man, who has uh, been, he's a, a bit of an Ethereum fan, it seems like. He's got an NFT JPEG as his um, picture on, on Twitter, and he has been writing a song a day, apparently, for uh, 13 years. And somehow he's involved in all this crypto stuff. So he has made a musical interpretation of a thread between Luke Jr., the core developer, arguing with Brian Mikon, who's a longtime Bitcoin OG and sympathetic to Bitcoin Cash, uh, about about the ramifications of all this um, stuff. So, yeah, he made a little two-minute musical song, which uh, we should be able to play here. Wrong, there is no such thing. Changing the protocol in this context. The protocol already doesn't allow data storage. Data storage. Well, it seems you are mistaken. As recently, people have been storing some JPG data in the protocol. In the protocol. Whoa. 
That's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that. Maybe a bit hard for the audio listeners to follow, you know, that debate. It certainly helps to watch the visual stream and see the the tweets coming along as they were as they were discussing it. But that just seems to be the next bit like voices for Luke versus the other guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like the dark lying. mood and the light mood. <laughs> By lying and tricking code, that's going to be a new meme. I'm sure in a uh, couple of yeah. years' time, somebody is going to get a banger tweet off where like, they're in an argument with Luke Jr. or with Adam back or something, and just the, it's the dunk, the perfect moment to say, By lying and tricking code, and that'll just be uh, oh, a huge rise. That's going to be... That's pretty you know, solid. Uh, one of the memes uh from this cycle but yeah certainly <laughs> certainly made certainly made me laugh okay we got message to the community so we've got the triple special every everybody uh in the guest panel gets a, a chance to give a, a message to the community speak to the bitcoin cash community in light of all this ordinals uh stuff that we've we've discussed what, what do we need to hear generally first up okay yeah uh just a shout out, I guess, first to all the people who are. And you get us. You get a shout out people. at the end as well. You get you get a message. Oh, and then okay. You also get a quick shout out. <laughs> all right. Wait, wait, wait. So, so okay. Oh, we can just combine it. We can just combine it. We'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll just combine it. You know, to to because usually we're wrapping up the show, right? Like, because we got to we got to say where to follow you on Twitter and all that stuff as well. So anyway, let maybe let's just make it all combined thing. Talk about your message to the community, any shout outs and where people can find out more from you. All right. Yeah, sure. So yeah, mine, mine are kind of uh, the same a bit. Um, I was going to say a, a shout out to all the the people who are doing their best to be somebody, right? Like trying to, to step up and, and do the grassroots thing and, and actually make something happen or make their own organization and do something or do something by themselves. Uh, I just really respect every, I mean, I, disagree and argue all the time with all kinds of people but i respect everybody who's actually stepping up and trying to do something and make something happen so a uh, big shout out to everybody who's doing that in their own way right not only developers there's marketing there's developers there's documenters there's technical writers there's people who make websites there's people who make the history hopefully we have some book writers there's there's those it's, it's a whole ecosystem as everything that needs to be done uh, uh, entrepreneurs is, is the biggest one, right? So uh, everybody that's trying to make their thing happen, I really uh, respect that and want to just give you a shout out. Um, there's a lot of work to be done uh, with cash tokens and, and everything else. And uh, something specifically that needs to be done is the development of native uh, Bitcoin cash wallet. Native, when I say native, I mean it fully understands Bitcoin cash transactions. That means the smart contract aspect. It means the transaction construction, everything interaction, like constructing uh, transactions between multiple parties so that you can work on a DEX or do all kinds of things. So there's a huge job to be done there. And uh, I don't know who's going to make it happen in the end, general protocols. We're going to try to make that happen, but it's a huge job and we need people to work with and we need others to work with us or if somebody does a better job than us we'll work with them but uh it's it's a huge mountain that we have to climb and uh so i'm looking forward to doing that and uh having everybody participate in that uh if anybody wants to follow us yeah twitter general protocol 
without the S because it doesn't fit in Twitter. And uh, if you have a chance, go try to use uh, app.bch.bull as well and see uh, an example of what you can do with Bitcoin Cash and smart contracts. Uh, uh, correction, not bch.bull, app.bchbull.com. Oh, thank you. Or google.bchbull.com. That's right. You'll find it. You name what's your uh, message to the community and uh, sign off and shout outs. Uh, so uh, I just want to continue what the general said uh, uh, in, but in a, from a different perspective, like if you, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't care about all this community drama and uh, oh, like uh, the in-depth uh in-depth things about what is being built and stuff uh and even for some of the builders right they just want to ask okay what is, is bch going up or down i want the alpha i listen to your podcast i want the alpha what is going what is going on the, like uh, next week to tomorrow the next hour or the next month or something like that maybe maybe they're maybe they are trying to maybe they are trying to see whether they should hedge or long on bch pool i don't know um but uh, yeah, I would say that the active community, we are not sprawling large enough yet that you don't matter. Like the people listening to this, whether live or after, um, participate. You are the alpha. So um, yeah, participate any way you can. Uh, be active. Um, build talk about talk about things promote yeah and be the alpha that's it all right dive ones right i mean i'm just gonna add to uh what the general imaginary username says it's just essentially um we we are all satoshi it's um i i think everybody in the community is is doing an incredible job right now i i've been loving bch ball as well i've been using that recently a uh, really fun protocol to use. And I appreciate everybody in the BCH space who is building on, on something, working on their own projects and uh, supporting Bitcoin Cash in their very own way. Even, you know, people who are not developers, like the general said, you can all still help in your own way by posting on Twitter, getting the word out, just talking about BCH and sharing your experiences and um, even just using using the currency and uh, transacting in it every day everyone is doing their part and and being a val valued member of this community and uh i think it's it's fantastic and um i encourage everyone to continue doing what they're doing and uh, hopefully you know um even try to do even more and uh, get get your word get the word out there and um be as vocal as possible chat oh i don't have any message to the community uh I have been completely disconnected. It's a running theme now seems to be. I'm too busy. So I do have a shout out, though. Um, in the last episode, I mentioned that I was looking for someone to help with uh, some Dart development, Flutter Dart development on uh, Zapit or for Zapit, I should say. And uh, Sayoshi Nakamaria reached out, which uh, double shout out, I guess, for the swagme.cash stuff. Um, and little disclaimer here, we haven't gotten around to it. So any more hands that want to hop on board, just shoot me a message. I'm WW underscore Tism on Twitter or uh, J-E-T-T-S-C-Y-T-H-E on Telegram. Either way, uh, 
I definitely want to get something going and the more hands the better um and then i'm sure jeremy will also add to this but also a shout out to bitcoin cash tv yeah absolutely my shout out is to bitcoin cash tv and bchad he hosted the the stream at the start so he brought in some initial viewers and we're obviously got to get a little community going there of bch streams and support each other and stuff so i'll need to look into being able to uh repay the favor and host people onto his uh stream if we can sync it up so that he comes on after us in the future as well too and yeah my message just kind of comes to we we are winning the narrative is shifting in our in our favor so take take some heart in that <laughs> like it's not all it's not all for nothing it's not it's not just like bashing our head against a, a, a wall like the wall is starting to break you can see the the cracks appearing and all this debate and discussion you know the truth emerges slowly it, it takes time it takes discussion for a decentralized message about reality to get out to the the whole world but obviously we don't need the whole world we just need a good enough chunk of the crypto community and when you look back at you know btc is not the way that that was took a long time coming but it's mostly out there now most people would be aware of that that are even vaguely involved like there's no question that we live in a multi-coin world so that's over and then you know hardware scaling is a one way to attack scaling that's now percolating out boosted by all these people that have switched sides uh onto our side of the argument if not our side of the aisle or you know uh branding but that that will also come given 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 time right so uh we are we are, we are winning i can I, I certainly take a lot of uh, heart and, and motivation and they're they're starting to they're starting to talk back they have to they, they we cannot be ignored uh and that's becoming increasingly obvious and i think over the next yeah year or two or three i, I can just see an exact moment when bankless say like it's time to redo the block size debate or something like that if one of them got kind of curious in what was going on in bch maybe it won't be that exactly but some kind of event like that and suddenly there will be a ton of interest in in bch and the more work and uh tooling and and hard work we can we can do in the meantime the the better so slow and steady wins the race and we are seeing that i've been really impressed with a lot of the cash tokens uh stuff of course it's not going to kick off instantly it's not going to be a viral ordinal sensation controversial etc but uh yeah slow and steady wins the race so that will do it for the show thank you as always to our patrons ricky and hp uh, the start guide, FAQs, links and all that are at bitcoincashpodcast.com. Thank you to everybody who donates to the show. It's really appreciated. Uh, it's amazing. It certainly helps to keep the lights on and that will do it for this week. Till next time.